Hello, everyone. Welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It's July the 19th of 2023. Hooray! It's Nick. It's Quinn. It's Manga Talkie time. Aren't y'all happy to hear that? Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a good day. I can feel it. I didn't poop myself. I was telling Nick a story earlier. It, it almost happened, but I didn't. So I'm going to ride guys, these vibes. Guys, you might think that uh, not pooping yourself is kind of one of those things where it's like, well, that doesn't seem like cause for celebrations. <laughs> I was like, I mean, yeah, good. You did it. But I mean, like, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. With the context, yes, it is indeed accomplishment to be celebrated. So yeah, I've never, I've never felt stronger. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of manga to talk about, uh, yeah, although not as many irregular series. Just Chainsaw Man with a dick grabbing chapter this week. Uh, I mean that without knowing the context of the chapter. Yeah, I'll, I'll read along with you for the first time. For the first time, as we always do, we go into this always blind every series. <laughs> yeah, don't you know? What, what was the series we used to read blind? I know we did it with Eden Zero or Fairy Tale a couple times. Wasn't there a series we would just read blind sometimes? Uh, we did. I it must have been Fairy one. Tale and maybe Seven Deadly Sins because those have been the only things that weren't in like regular One Piece. I think. Maybe. Or not one piece, Shonen Jump. Holy shit! Regular Jump, right? And we kind of—I think that we did have to do that kind of on the regular because of the release schedule. Yeah. And yeah, there were definitely quite a few fairy tale ones where we were at, were at, read it blind. But also, there were some that people just said, "Like, guys, can you just read this blind?" <laughs> yeah. Can you just experience this for the first time with us, please? And it was, and it was definitely because of good chapters. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, I guess we'll get into it. We got a chapter of My Hero Academia this week. It's 394, uh, which uh, is, I believe, celebrating nine years of My Hero Academia. Ah. Uh, I was going to say, big... is this particular, like, everyone's wearing, like, a very similar outfit? Is this supposed to be anything? Or is just, I'm uh, not they're sure. all just color coordinating? Yeah, they're all, all, all of Class 1A is wearing color-coordinated, uh, this, these dark green uniforms, all different kinds of uniforms, too. Uh, and uh, it's interesting as well to, to see it because... Except for Shoto. Are... Shoto was like, I'm going to be that one motherfucker who's going to show up in a tan suit. I'll, like, don't worry, guys, the green will be there on the time. You're like, you fucking asshole. You he... can't pinch me. I'm technically wearing green. I don't like this. This isn't in the spirit of this. You did the minimum amount of effort possible. Uh, There's a couple of weird observations I have about this because there's a couple of people in this that don't look like they normally do. First of all, uh, Hagakure is visible. Uh, (laughs) Well, after after you revealed she's a cute anime girl, Nick, you got to take advantage of that. You got to you got to you got to put that out there. Horiko, she's like, I've look, I've drawn uh, disembodied clothing so many times now i get yeah. to draw a, a, a cute face in a skirt so <laughs> uh, but also i guess that he wanted to kind of represent the new designs for shoto and coda because coda looks really weird uh I, it took me a while to realize what was going on and i guess it's because he did the kind of he kind of got a form change thing which was something that i really really did not care for because i don't really care about coda when the whole uh thing happened uh but yeah also 
Uh, that Ida's making a really weird face. Yeah, Ida, it, that's like a weird little corner. He just got a weird face, and Choji's kind of like he just rolled into this fucking super stone. He's like, "Hey, yeah, what's, what's going on?" Uh, also, uh, All Might, um, I guess, is uh, he, he didn't get the memo that they were posing in this corner. He he decided to go pose <laughs> in that corner over there. He's like, "Guys, you got to turn around, or you're gonna miss the picture." <laughs> hey, stupids! <laughs> just the, the wrong confidence <laughs> but it's a nice picture like like all the colors and stuff in it so yeah good for them it's a good thing all right what happened in this chapter so, oh yeah this okay is... now i get it i'm, I'm back <laughs> we're with it now chapter 394 ochaku uraka versus himiko toga uh, Uraka in the last chapter, her zero gravity power yeah, evolved so that her flotation ability uh, can now spread between objects that she doesn't necessarily directly touch. Uh, and so it's caused a you know the massive swarm of people, including lots and lots and lots of uh, Toga's uh, twice clones, to float up in the air where they can't hurt people. Uh, and Toga realized like, oh, it's it's this is like how my quirk suddenly changed and I could use other people's quirks that one time. Uh, there are, there is also amusing enough, like some actual, like uh, collateral to this where even Uraka's allies are, you know, floating hopelessly into the air and they kind of have to cling onto the ground and stuff. Uh, but meanwhile, Uraka has still been stabbed in the stomach and is still bleeding a lot. Uh, to extent to the point that she you don't need all that blood similar to the story i told nick you know sometimes right, right, you right. lose a little bit of blood and you almost poop yourself and it's fine because you don't yeah so as long as a rocket doesn't poop herself everything's <laughs> yeah, good that's the measure of whether or not she succeeds as a hero it doesn't actually matter what happens to toga it's after the end of this somebody's like did you poop yourself and she's like we're all good. <laughs> then they're like, a hero. Hero to give me a <laughs> Did not hero. sit myself. <laughs> My pants are clean. <laughs> Did it do number two. <laughs> uh, I think we should write this remix right now. While we, nope. Uh, <laughs> it's already written. It's all in our heads. We don't need to write it down. Oh, we don't that's, need that's perfect then. Yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to prove to people that we can write it because you know we already have in our hearts. That's right. Oh, I love it. And that's and that's why I don't want to do it. It's not for any other reason. Uh, Uraka realizes, like, oh, I'm in trouble. But what matters right now is that I want to reach out and touch Faith. Uh, and she uses her grappling hook extension thing to grapple uh, Toga's arm. And kind of just link them together while they both float through the air. Uh, and she basically starts countering the whole thing that Toga was saying in the previous chapter, which is, you've never had a hard life. You've never tried, been called a freak because you wanted to suck other people's blood. And Uraraka, you know, explains like, hey, my family's, you know, poor. And my folks were always really sad looking. So I wanted to be a hero so that I could make their lives easier. And then I realized that the world is full of people who are different from them. Uh, not just my parents, not just people in my home. And then I fell in love with Izuka Midoriya, which is, I believe, the first time she has admitted that out loud. Uh, and uh, and she's like, and that's all who I am. You know, I'm I'm my parents' daughter. I'm in love with Izuku. I'm a hero, or I'm trying to be. And that's why I'm here right now. 
and uh, she manages to well, she doesn't manage to. Uh, Toga kind of snaps around and uh, attacks Uraka some more with her knife. Uh-huh. Uh, but Uraka just keeps on going like, look, just tell me. Tell me what's on your mind. Tell me your thoughts and your feelings. And Toga is thinking about a lot of stuff because she's led a very chaotic life up to now. And there's a lot of different interlinking moments that have all led into this. Uh, and this is all kind of comes into a, an illustration of this moment, which is Urakas as a little girl reaching out to Toga, offering her arm for some blood. And Toga is a big scary monster made of tendons and stuff, but also holding a knife. Uh-huh. Also with big hanging boobs. Wait, what? She's got big hanging boobs. Oh, yeah. Um, those are muscles, Nick. I don't think you they are muscles. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe They're you... made of tendons. Yeah. Therefore... Therefore, so, not boobs. Does boobs be left in? <laughs> They're just her awesome pecs. She, yeah, she's doing boob squats, Nick. You got a problem with that? Sometimes you look good for yourself. It's not for other people. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> boob squats. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Nick. You know? Sometimes you can look good and it's not for the rest of the world to really like put their eyes into it just for yourself. They don't she doesn't need your validation. This is the most misogynistic thing since whatever you said during uh fucking parasite or whatever that got us Nick email. Okay. <laughs> so uh Toga reacts to all this and she pauses stabbing Uraka and she admits that she falls in love really easily with not just like animals, but also villains and heroes and boys and girls. Uh-huh. Which it's like, all right, yeah, buy Icon Toga, sure. Uh, and uh, she says, and they've all got such amazing blood pumping through them. This is a great example of a bisexual cre- of a bisexual character. There's nothing problematic about this. What are you talking about? Yeah, there's something weird about her being like, yeah, nothing. with boys, boys, girls, or animals, whatever. Really, like, all right, yeah. hold on. A nothing problematic about this. Or about the fact that she's got muscle boobs. Come on. So Okay, well, now I feel like you do have an issue with the muscle boobs. At first, it was a I joke. I don't! You keep pointing it out now. Nick, are you intimidated by big women? Does Marissa from Street Fighter 6 scare you? <laughs> she's very big, and she has a lot of armor-piercing attacks. It's ridiculous. Uh, okay, I mean... Sound, I mean, it sounds like she's got her life together. So. There you go. Alright, now yeah. you're on board. Now you're on board with the gang. <laughs> So, uh, you know, yeah, she says, she says, I fall in love with all these really easily because they've all got such amazing blood pumping through them. And Uraka, good job. She just goes, mm-hmm. He's like, I'm listening. Go on. Very good. No, no negative reaction. Mm-hmm. And Toga, you know, says how people would always say, like, you got to stop grinning and I get jealous. And Izuku, you know, he reminds me of a boy that I used to like named Saito. But it's not like I could just ask him for his blood, because then he'd call me a freak or something. And then he'd think I wasn't cute. Uh, and she thinks that Izuku and Uraraka would be the same way. Can we uh, comment on... I don't know if this is supposed to be Izuku or this is supposed to be the Saito person. It's Saito, I believe. Uh, his great shirt says sometimes Tuesday. And so... In, I don't know what this is about. It's in, so, re- it's in reference to... Uh, the cover page. The cover... Co- well, yeah, the one on the Shonen Jump website 
Right. Uh, where everyone's wearing a shirt that says every Monday because that's right. when the magazine releases every Monday in Japan. Is that and, just is that just it? And then he has a shirt that's like sometimes it's Tuesday though because <laughs> it is sometimes Tuesday. Every so often we'll get chapters on like a Monday yes. or something like that. That's such a weird little <laughs> just like I'm going to hide my comment on your release schedule in here somewhere. It's great too because like you know I do every monday for some so many characters before it gets boring so you get characters like i said gill who i don't even know if it says <laughs> every monday it's just like a bunch of diamonds and then it looks like there might be something in the last right. one i don't know luffy says a shark it's good shit hang on let me see if i can find iroha real quick uh oh iroha is hidden so we <laughs> i was gonna be like what's the code that says every monday on him none <laughs> none you have to figure it out from everyone else's shirt there's a small <laughs> clue in every other shirt uh but yeah so toga says like you know it would just if if i were to try and do that then he would like lecture me and stuff just like you guys do all the time and that's why i joined the league of villains because with them i could live and love how i needed to and she goes to stab Araka. But she just puts her knife over her shoulder. She doesn't attack her anymore. And uh, so, yeah, she admits like it, it took me a while to just notice it. And uh, as she kind of just pauses in this moment, uh, Jin's power fades from her because she used all of her time with his blood up. So she can't call in his power anymore. And there is a sad little moment of like all the gene clones fade away because it's like, well, yeah, that's like the last trace of him. He's just completely gone now. Uh, it's very important that we check to make sure that Jiro made it, and she did. She's fine. Uh-huh. So, yep. Next She's like, the only one that mattered. <laughs> yep. All those other people that float up in there who couldn't have fallen to their deaths don't matter. She's fine. So, uh, and Uraka. Uh, wraps up Toga in a hug uh, and she says like look there's I think there's something really amazing about someone who is all ragged but tries their darndest anyway and maybe I'm not a replacement for the league but I want you to know that I think your smile is really special and Toga is just completely overwhelmed by emotions and she's, she smiles a big really 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 like sharp tooth uh, fangy smile and she asks Uraka, am I cute? And Uraka says, the cutest in the whole world. Aw. And uh, the clouds fade? The Aren't, gene clones yeah, fade? Yeah, I was going to say, that's the, the, the clones she's made all disappearing, I think, at the same time. Which I think is actually the biggest sign of like just how many of them there were. Because yeah. like you, there's so much of them. Yeah, it, uh, was, it was insane how many of them there were. So that's our chapter. Uh, Uraka defeats Toga, not by using her martial arts and punch her in the face, not by floating her into the sky and killing her or something like that. It's like, no, she just, you know, connected with her heart to heart and uh, saved her. Uh Now, I want to ask you, Nick, first, what you felt about this, because you you had some strong words last week. (sighs) I mean, look. Independent of context, I do think that this is a nice moment. Uh, And I don't actually, not even independent of context. I think that in isolation from every other ongoing storyline that was running through the series, this is 
a pretty nice way of concluding this uh, villain story arc with Togo, which had always been built on like, not like, oh, she's, you know, we need to take her down. It's like, no, we need to like stop her with by understanding her kind of thing. The same way that Deku was trying to do that with Shigaraki, but that's been complicated by, you know, all the other stuff involved with him. Uh, so that's fine. Within context of everything else going on, it is very, it is still very weird to see like, okay, the one plot thread going on in this massive conflict that involves a female character going up against another female character concludes with them talking about their emotions and that's just kind of it. And it is weird that this is like the big moment that Uraraka has, which is, again, it fits with the whole thing of like Uraraka is supposed to be a rescue hero. She's not supposed to be the type of person who, you know, has ultimate powers and, you know, destroys people. She is trying to rescue people. And in this sense, she rescues everyone by also focusing on saving Toka. And so that's, you know, that makes sense. It's just that she hasn't done anything else really up to this point. Uh -huh. And so it feels like a build up to this moment from her side of things didn't quite meet that level of how important this is to for the consequence it's going to have for the amount of time that was been building Toga up and leading up to this moment. So it is something where if you look at it from one perspective, it's nice, but we look at it from another perspective, it's disappointing. It's, I can see people being really happy with this, but also being very disappointed by it. And I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay. I think I generally agree with what you're saying. I, I like this chapter. I think it's cool. I think it's one of the things I think I really appreciate about it is like, Uraraka looks fucked up by the end of this. Usually oh, there's yeah. a thing to like, if you're going to have like females fight each other to make sure they really look like, look really cute during it and they don't right. like her Raka has i don't know if it's supposed to be blood or dirt but like it's smeared all across her face like her. she doesn't yeah. look good you know we've we've cut multiple times to like this gaping knife wound in her like her abdomen where she's just been bleeding from and i, I do appreciate that you know like it looks like she's been through hell there's not like uh uh a sense of trying to make her feel like a doll that needs to be protected or, or right. good or anything like that uh, but there's I, not there's not lingering shots on the two characters' muscle boobs or anything like that. Yeah, only only the one. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say that I think yeah, you're right in that I I I think the biggest takeaway I kind of I shouldn't say takeaway, but like the biggest thought I had kind of from this was like, damn, I wish we could have had more Uraraka throughout this whole series, uh, where. I think the other characters who are kind of our leads got kind of well-defined, like, frequent appearances throughout the whole manga. I do feel like she kind of disappeared outside of, like, she never completely vanished, but, like, it was always, like, in the sidelines or very small moments. And maybe this is just me. I'm not that attentive of a person in, like, a long, grand, scandy thing unless, like, they've made, like, a point to, like, sort of showcase it. So, like, it's tough to grasp Raka's character at times and, like, all of her motivations and everything like that. So uh, there is a level of that. Like, I just wish I knew a bit more about Raka and, and this sort of stuff. But I, I'm glad she got something. Um, I think they're making a strong effort to be, like, heroes should not always beat up their opponent it also seemed to be the case with toby as well 
uh, or not Toby, uh, Dobby. Right. That the idea was like uh, Shoto showed up and didn't like punch him in the face really hard. He just kind of stopped the nuclear explosion his brother was going to create from going off. And Yeah, I mean, he tried to do the punching really hard before, and it was just like, man, this guy just keeps on blowing himself <laughs> up whenever I punch him. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> Uh, so there's there's a couple things there, uh, but I think by and large I I, I still enjoyed this chapter. Um, I don't think it's going to be like my favorite conclusion of any of the ones that we've seen here, but I am still very glad that we did get a conclusion for Toka that feels nice, and that Uraraka got to be present as like a major element of the story in some way at the end. True. All yeah. right, Nick, are you Shall ready? We- yeah, let's un- let's uh, unlock some undeads. Yeah. Whoa, we don't do that here. We undead some unlocks. It's a different thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, I don't know what you're gonna do. That's illegal in all seven right. states, Nick. <laughs> not in Florida, that we all know it's not illegal there. <laughs> it's all- yeah. I mean, as, as long as you know talking to gay people is not <laughs> on the table, then it's then you know it's fine in florida anything else yeah there's it's confirmed so far there's no there's no queer people in undead unlock everyone was paired off very straightly so you're allowed to talk about oh, this yeah, series we had to make florida. we had to make sure that we could keep on putting this in florida schools you know obviously <laughs> uh, hold on is there a black character in this series uh it depends on how you interpret certain ones i mean void's got some pretty pretty dark skin but all right well that one's up in the air we'll see about that all right uh top's brazilian you got that yeah well you know like you can't avoid talking about hispanic people in florida (laughs) okay uh let's talk about under the log number 167 dumb son so we opened with a flashback from fang what a yeah. Uh, where Fang is just like, at first I got stronger in order to survive. I basically beat people up, and that was how I was fed, and I was simply content to feel that way, but that's only because I didn't realize how far I can go. And it, like, cuts to, like, um, a, uh, a, like, martial arts master walking up and being yeah. like, ah, you don't know how to properly use uh your skills violence is not the answer allow me to t- show you true strength at the four Mars arts cut to fang just having mercilessly beat him up Fang just pummeled the shit out he's like holy shit if i steal all of your techniques i'll get even stronger and it's it's amusing in a couple of ways uh-huh. first off it's such a great play off of this trope of like you know the master discovers the troublesome guy and shows him the way and, and it's just like no he just keeps on beating people up but also apparently like in the streets you just thought it was like no no you see if you form proper fists so <laughs> <laughs> like, why is that your first piece of advice to the violent man <laughs> Uh, so the school teacher is like, now if you misuse my school's teaching, then my master and other disciples will never let you rest. You will be challenged by them. And Fang's just like, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to the present. It's Fang versus Shen. They're going to have their big fight. Fang is like, so you said you figured out what being the strongest means. Is that the truth? And Chad's like, oh, yeah, sure is. Oh, hey, the way, by the way, if Miss Fuko, will you take care of Bowie for me? And she's like, not on your life. And he's like, oh, oh, is this about that untruth thing? She's like, yep. If you, if I had said yes, I would have probably hurt Bowie really, really badly. <laughs> so uh, he's like, 
Yeah, it happens whenever you're fond of somebody. So you have to be very careful. You have to make good use of it. And Shen just says that it won't matter for this match because I hate this old man. And we cut back to the flashback. Fang has just trounced or trounced every martial arts tournament he's been in. He's just bragging. He's like, I've learned all of your techniques from this day forward. I shall be known as the strongest of all creations. If anyone wants to challenge me, but you know, step in line, basically. He does like a heel promo. Uh, it's it is, yeah. it, but it's it's such a nice little thing. We'll talk a little bit a bit more about just like the structure of this chapter. But I love that you know the other masters just to be like, we're going to take it down no matter how long it takes. And he's like, he's just so happy to hear that. Yeah, he's he's, he's grinning when he hears them say that. He's like, yes, that's the spirit. And he announces, then until I grow old and fade away. I will await your challenges atop the throne of the strongest. And we finally get Fang's ability, Unfade. Uh, and I also like that he leaves by taking the evil cloud. This is the the, the, the sinister one. He's like, I take this yes. one. In order to get on the Nimbus, you must have a pure heart. In order to be on this one, you've got to be the world's biggest dickbag. Yeah, you got to just suck. You have to really faboom. <laughs> Just occasionally, it's like, oh, I'm slipping. Hang on a second. All right, let's go beat up those toddlers <laughs> down there. All right, back up the cloud. Wee! Yeah, bump, 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 bump. Oh, we're going to run out of gas. I better, I better trip some elderly people. <laughs> um, He notes that he's like, hmm, ever since that day, my body has ceased aging. Uh, so uh, we cut over to Fuko and Fang is just like, hey. I need to ask you something. So this negation ability or whatever that you mentioned, does it have something to do with my unaging body? Uh, and it looks like he's kind of beaten uh, Shen at this point. Like Shen's kind of down for the count. And Fuko's like, yeah, you're unfade, the negator of, una- uh, of aging. And Fang's just like, he said that tragedies usually accompany manifestations of negation abilities, but I never had one. Along my path of conquest, I've never had anything bring me sorrow. <laughs> He's very cocky about these. Like, mm, nothing has ever been bad for me in my life. Ever. And uh, while, while he's continuing to beat up Shen too, yeah. like he he has in, he's following through with his most recent punch while just going like, hmm, nothing bad's ever happened to me though. So it looks like your logic is shit. <laughs> Uh, we then get... Get out of my way, I gotta kick that toddler so I can gas up my cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotta buy this bakery out of all of its bagels and then throw them all in the trash before the work crowd work get to it. They're like, yeah, that's not really oh, evil. It's nice, like, to give that, it's nice to give that bakery all that business, and then I'm going to burn the bakery down. <laughs> like, there, that's the ticket. It wasn't making sense until that point. <laughs> Uh, Shen just says the subtext out loud. He's like, no, you've been in a tragedy because of your own aging. You've been fixed on your personal strength and you've created an endless, lonely pursuit of strength that has brought you nothing but misery. And he's like, no. That doesn't sound very sad to me. That doesn't sound... That doesn't sound. It sounds pretty cool, actually. To just, like, hang around. Oh, Boy, it sounds... Stronger forever. Boy, it sounds like you're describing a life that's awesome. <laughs> Now, come over here so that I can stop on your toes. <laughs> uh, Shed's just like, no, you would always look listlessly into the distance, 
look at me. I'm the man who's going to surpass you. Fangs kind of pauses for a moment. And he's like, yeah, it was thanks to Miss Fuko that you took on a disciple. A disciple unnecessary for someone like you who doesn't age. I'm the only one who could change you. And Fang's like, all right, fine. Then try to surpass me right here, right now. And Shen's like, all right, cool. And he basically does the nine gates thing. I don't know if this has ever been fully explained before that they was like, they're like, there's eight different principles to the uh, Shin Hakyo, but there's a ninth version apex. To channel that is to cut off a point. It's nine gates. It's just straight up nine gates. You got like his skin color even changes. He's he's usually part of his life to get even stronger. And Shen just or Fang's just like. Hmm. Only my unfading body is capable of withstanding that. You've done nothing more than take an advance on the uh, on the life or the time you have here on Earth. Just like me, you have chosen individual strength. And Shinja says, "I'm not going to die because I'm your disciple and you're my master." And Fang just like, "What does that mean? What does that mean?" Uh, cut back to the flashback. Many years have passed since Fang first uh, activated his unfade ability, and he's complaining. He's he's won another tournament. He's beaten up like an old person. And he's just like a mere fifty years, and you guys are all fucking out of it. Like what? What happened? What happened to your fervor and your spirit? Why do you not cry? Why do you not boo me? Uh, and the one person uh, is just like, nah, it's not that. It's just like we've entrusted everything to the next generation. Like, we are staying here admiring these people who have come to surpass us. And Fang does not understand us. He is like, he how can you stand there smiling when it's you who have lost? The strength of your disciples is not your own. Don't run from me. Don't just leave me behind. Don't leave me by myself. And suddenly you're like, oh. It's actually really sad. <laughs> yeah. My boy did experience a tragedy. Uh, so Fang finishes, or Shen rather, finishes this by saying, just act like an old man and rejoice in your son's growth. Here are all the techniques I've learned from you. With the strength I've learned from everyone, I am going to surpass you. And he, hit, he gets, lands a clean shot on Fang, knocks some clean out of the arena, and Fang's like, all right, bitch, that was a good shot, but I'm about to fucking whoop you solid. Once I get back in that, why can't I get in the ring? <laughs> and Shen's just like, it's untruth or whatever, right? <laughs> like, I got you riled up for one attack, landed a good time, and I activate it. This, is gonna, this works. It's uh, worth pointing out. It took me a couple pages of the fight before I realized this. But yeah, Shen fought the entire battle up to this point with his eyes closed so that he wouldn't activate untruth until the point where he could clinch victory in it. And he wins in the true manner of all great fighters by count out. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's a satisfying way of achieving victory. Uh Fang basically is trying to get back into the arena. He can't because Untruth's activated. He's like, wait, you said you couldn't use that power on me. And he's like, oh, man, okay, you're such a fucking dope. That was an untrue, a lie, you dummy. I actually yeah. really do like you. And we get a reminder. It only works on people the user is fond of. And uh, Fang just kind of has to sit there and watch his shit is declared victor. And he says, not bad, my dumb son. 
This is such a great little chapter. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a, an, an art to doing the very, very short-term, here's the villain's backstory to make the more sympathetic uh, thing. Uh, and sometimes, like, you know, like, the villain's been made out as too much of a monster beforehand that it rings hollow. Sometimes it's like, well, no, that's not a very compelling reason for all that stuff. But in this particular instance, I think that this worked insanely well to expand upon Fang and who he is and all of this, the single-minded obsession that we have seen from him up to this point in both versions of him that we've seen. Uh, and it's such just a sweet little moment where he's like, don't run away from me, turning it to don't leave me. It's like, yeah. it's he's it's he's been in denial over how lonely he's been for his entire life. And it's very sweet, and it's nice to have this combination of like, hey, a really cool action moment, but also just this very nice portrayal of this heartfelt bond between uh, him and his adopted son. Yeah. And yeah, who knows, like, maybe this will make Feng stronger than he ever could have been before. Yeah, I think there was a lot of good work done here, like creating this full picture for Feng. Uh, giving us like the full reveal of Unfade because I don't think they ever revealed Fade. Like we knew he was a negator mm. before, and it seemed to be connected yes. to his age, uh, but I don't think we knew specifically Unfade. Um, and I do appreciate that we like how the backstory was structured as we keep we kept kind of going in and out of it, and time is passing even throughout this thing. Him as a kid, you know, him and uh, something else. Um, so there's a lot of really cool things that I thought they did with the like the structure of the chapter and uh yeah i this was a great one this is this is like a really excellent i I love how he goes from like i never had a tragedy you say tragedy is always a company but i've always ruled and then slowly cut to like him in the flashback being like why is everybody leaving me behind why doesn't everybody want to be your super why doesn't why don't my playmates want to play anymore (laughs) (laughs) all i do is beat the shit out of them isn't that fun for them yeah (laughs) And it's 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 a it's a cool like addition to this whole thing. I, like I imagine we're gonna get probably another chapter as like kind of conclusion to all this, but like it's very sweet. I do love that his you know Shen's just like online, you dope. I love you. You're my dad. And I also like that as a as a last touch to this, like Shen in this chapter is also a badass. Mm-hmm. Like he beats Fang in this you know brief uh, exchange with his eyes closed. And only then does he use his ability to actually get an advantage on him, which indicates that, yeah, he's also even stronger than he was before. So very, very well done chapter overall. Good stuff. Uh, Let's talk about a dick gravidly great chapter, Nick. Oh, my God. (laughs) Chapter 136, a chainsaw man, normal life. Denji uh, is just in. Wow. Boring lives suck mode. Going, to, he's going to school just in a uh, uh, making that face where like you can't even bother to close your mouth because everything sucks so much. Um, and uh, while he's uh, walking around, he's also like wearing a Chainsaw Man T-shirt, and someone. So the fun police come by, and so this guy says, "I am on." <laughs> I love it's these... problematic that you're wearing that, actually. Yeah. I love these two motherfuckers who immediately just create an entire argument out of this shit. 
He's just one. It is t-shirt. like I've never seen Twitter like this. This oh. is Twitter where it's just like you're wearing a Chainsaw Man shirt. You realize that is uh, dangerous and actually uh, you're supporting victimizers here. Yeah, it's a form of victimization because Chainsaw Man's actually stealing credit for all of Asami Taka's accomplishments, we'll have you know. And then a blue Twitter user comes on. It's like, did I just see you dissing Chainsaw Man? <laughs> I actively search for Chainsaw Man's name 24 hours a day so I know how to respond to people like you who <laughs> fame him. It's the best. This dude literally just shows up. He's like, fuck you! And just starts punching Denshi. <laughs> it could... For clarity here, the guy is tra- talking trash on Denji, and one of the uh, Chainsaw Man supporters comes up and punches Denji, the guy wearing a Chainsaw Man t-shirt. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> so Denji gets in trouble for this because the, the teacher he has to see about it is an asshole. He's like, you're lucky I'm not suspending you. In my experience, kids without parents are quick to start fights. <laughs> It's like what? What are you talking about? Um, Although we do find out, Denji did fuck that guy up afterwards, which I appreciate. Denji apparently won the fight, uh, which makes sense. Uh, Yoshida comes up to Amelia afterwards and is like, "Yeah, I heard you put the other guy in the hospital," and they're just like, "He lost one tooth," (laughs) but still, it's not fun. Uh, And uh, yeah, so Yoshida's like. Well, I guess even ordinary high schoolers get into fights. Do you think that skipping school to hang out would also make us ordinary high schoolers? And it was like, yeah, Denji just want to fucking be in school, sure. They go to a movie theater, and oh man, look at that great movie with the giant squid. <laughs> this <laughs> was so screen. confusing to me at the start. I was like, what movie would this be? And then they explained, they're like, oh yeah, a devil got killed. <laughs> like, so there's, a couple so there's minutes no ago, the yeah. No one is in the theater because everyone else evacuated. Uh, oh, I thought they, they, they I thought I thought it was because he was watching Ruby Gilman. I should have yeah. gone with Flash. That's the one everyone knows. Everyone knows that one's fine. <laughs> that was, Nick, can you rewind a couple seconds here? <laughs> Talk about the theater being empty again. Uh, yeah, so the, the, the theater's abandoned because you know everyone's like you know evacuated stuff. So it's, no, it's actually because he went to go see the Flash. Ah, uh, dang! Hey. Boom! Do 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 do. I'm sure people yeah, have made this a, joke before. It's all right. Uh, we'll just uh, have to see. We'll just get that scene where you know, like different actors are playing us, and uh, so they'll be the ones to have made the line that bombed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Yoshida know, points out, like, hey, you know, like this this devil showed up 32 minutes ago, and then two minutes later, it was killed by the theater's devil hunter. So there's just like cleanup left to do right now. So you know, even without Chainsaw Man around problems get solved you're not the protagonist of this movie it's not like the world will end without you it sounds like the world will end without him based on what we (laughs) know about plans going on um so that digi doesn't have any response to this until yoshida turns around like oh she made it here before the corpse collectors and uh yoshida stands up and is like yeah a girl in my class wants to have a date with you so i set you two up bye and uh so, um, but before Yoshida leaves, he just, Denji says, is this what it's like to be normal? And she is like, yeah. <laughs> and then he leaves. So, uh, the girl sits down next to Denji. And Denji 
because he's in a room with someone who is not actively yelling at him or with Yoshida. Uh, he says, I'm sorry, but I'm just like really sad right now. <laughs> this is this is incredible character growth for Denji because he is literally next to a girl who's like, I want to date you. And his first thought's like, hey, I'm actually kind of sad right sad. now. I had to set up boundaries and actually I don't really want to hang out right now. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, look, I don't think I'm going to be much fun right now. And I don't know what to do with myself. So I don't even know what I'm getting at. I just kind of want to be alone. So good. Uh, uh, and he goes literally, blah, because the girl has leaned over and is touching Denji's crotch over his pants. And Denji's reaction is, she's touching my wiener. It's another one. Like, I know Chainsaw Man is good at a lot of them. And honestly, I don't think there's a better, like, page flip this week than Fang going, like, I will be like, I'm like i going to beat a bunch of people in the streets. And, like, a martial arts master going up and be like, I shall teach you all my... Violence is not the way. Oh, violence! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you crushed me with violence. Like, that was the best page. But this is a pretty close second one. I'm just flipping to be like, she's touching my wiener! And you're like, what a world. What a world we live in. Denji in chapter one. Oh, man. I just want to touch a girl's boobs. Denji in chapter 136. She's touching my wiener! Ah! Uh, yeah. So, uh, the girl gives him a look, mm-hmm. uh, which I can only describe as down to clown. Uh, and uh, Denji reacts incredibly well to this by going making various... <laughs> non-word noises uh and then concludes in his mind she's touching my wiener again uh it's it's just it's the range of expressions he is the absolute like negative amount of ridge you could possibly have in this situation he has no chill over the fact that she's touching him there He's losing his mind at every panel. He's just like, eh, his tongue's fucking like hanging out and shit like that. I don't know why. Like, I know this is like this this chapter and like this particular part has gotten some discourse. Uh, but I guess in my mind, I'm like, I don't think you're really supposed to take this like seriously or anything like that. Like, it's it's dingy just being like a big fucking weirdo. He doesn't know how to react to this. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways you can interpret the scene that's go- that's going on. Uh, I mean, it also seems extraordinarily clear that she is like being, I should say she is being, uh, that this was like a setup thing. That this is Yoshida being like, hey, you know, make Chainsaw, be in a relationship enough with Denji that he forgets about wanting to be Chainsaw. Right, like this right. is a setup arrangement, essentially. There is, a, the, there is a, at the very least some form of influence Yoshida is having over the situation, which uh-huh. is to take Denji's mind off things, whatever. Uh, so now, in, so in any case, like, is this girl just like someone who's been told like, oh, she'll get a chance to sleep with Chainsaw Man? Maybe she's into it that way. Maybe she's being manipulated, whatever. But apparently she's, there's a lot of people being like, how dare she molest Denji? And it's like, I don't know. She's a horny teenager who's, who's been t- probably been told that he wants to do it because Denji talks constantly about how he wants to have sex with girls. So, yeah. So, I mean, this yeah. is also a series that I feel like you have to ignore 
pretty large swaths of if this is something that bothers you you're like oh yeah. no someone is being inappropriate with denji in a sexual manner like i mean it's did unfortunate did we not read part one <laughs> this happens to denji a lot yeah this whole thing i think what really sells is, is just reading it out loud is the very funny part she's touching my wiener she's touching my wiener it's just it's just such a great like ex- sequence of expressions. So yeah. Um Oh, this girl's dead, by the way. This girl's not oh, surviving the story. Die. Yeah, I've already accepted that. They're gonna give a sad backstory or something like that, but she's she's done for. The moment she showed up, I was like, You're gone, you're toast. And she's just like she we get a flashback that's like, I would always defeat anyone who stood in my path. <laughs> None could stand against me, and my life ruled. And then I realized I was actually sad because I was never around anyone. <laughs> All right, right, let's move, move on. It's it's Akane Banashi. No, it's, it's Eden Zero, Nick. Oh my god, you're t- right. We can't possibly get through without talking about Eden Zero, Chapter Two Forty Eight, the Yukino Cosmos. Uh, or is it Yukino? For it's Yukino. What? Yukino. Yukino. So they have shown up in the Yukino Cosmos, and guess what? It's all snow. They're all stunned by this, despite the fact that like every cosmos is like full of shit. But I guess you're like, hey, it's something yeah. different. All right, whatever. Uh, we get a big two-page spread that shows off the Yukino Cosmos, which really just shows off that there's a bunch of snow because you can't really see anything else. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of characters who are just like talking about you know various different things. You know, Pino was looking up how to build a snowman. Laguna's like, ah, I'm gonna hate this place. It's fucking cold. Which, uh, by the way, Humor is very judgmental about Pino not knowing how to how to make a snowman. And it's like she's never done it before because she is a a child and b a robot. <laughs> also, <laughs> see, they haven't run into any snow planets. Where else were they gonna yes. do this? Yeah, they've run into every other environmental planet, but never snow. So fuck off. Yeah, uh, they land on the planet that Rebecca's mom is at. Uh, it's just going to be our main character group that basically show up and they're on this planet and they see uh, like this enormous tower of clocks. There's all these different clocks and they're all kind of set to different times. And then somebody shows up, Nick. Someone we're apparently supposed to recognize when this person showed up. I was like, hmm, I've never seen this. But immediately uh, Happy's like, have we met before? And it's Feather, Nick, of the Eurasian Six of the Stellar. She works specifically with Rachel the director of operations in, in the Yukino Cosmos. Yeah, um, she's her hair is styled differently, and she doesn't have like the machine stuff around her face, so she looks entirely differently as far as hero character designs are concerned. Well, it doesn't help that we're introduced to her with her eyes closed, which is her really only discernible right. feature. <laughs> right. Um. So there is a level of that. Uh, they talk about how like she's like, oh, we met you in Blue Guard. She's like, it's I it's relevant to me i don't know anything that existed in your worlds but because of my special power i am able to kind of pick out when people become anomalies or whatever in this world so there is that uh she also notes that this tower all these clocks are records of the points in various different worlds where history has diverged and rebecca notices one clock is stopped the day that shiki died and that's like oh um so they go over, they meet up with Rebecca and Connor. 
Uh, the main takeaway from this com- uh, conversation is that Connor cannot fly a ship anymore, but he can fuck. He fucks real good and real hard. He basically says that he has to be called the captain of the night. And I was like, this is legitimately kind of a funny joke that he's like, can't sail a ship anymore. But I use that time to plow your hot ass mom. <laughs> it is probably the most intentionally funny that Ian Zero has been in a long time. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're like, hey is it true that Eaton's one is said in this way? And it's like, yeah, but not exactly. They're looking for the door to mother. And she's like the door to mother. Where's that? It's in this cosmos. Oh, it's right here. Yeah. She's like, it's actually right here. Um, it's less of a door. It's, it's basically like a mark to a path. And it kind of gives you like wayward signs, whatever loads of adventures have set out from here to find mother before. Uh, but we haven't had a single report from anyone ever finding her. And they're like, wait, does that mean Eden's one is going to head straight here? And they're like, no, actually, this planet is like one of 7,000 asteroids. If you never knew which one it is, it would take forever to get here. Blah, 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 blah. There's a reason they're here and Eden's one isn't right. Uh, they take the ether that everyone's been gathering from all the different worlds and machine starts moving, basically. And she's like, all right, well, it's going to take time to do that. Why don't you guys enjoy the bats here? <laughs> it's like, sure, of course. Nick, we, it's plot relevant that they enjoy the bats here. It's. We just got done with beach chapter. <laughs> we, we, we just. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Shiki is like, sorry, we're not really in a mood to relax. And Yukito is like, well, don't say that. What if I tell you secrets about the Eden Zero inside of our hot spring? <laughs> so we yeah, cut over. That's right. It's a. It's a. We're doing an info dump while they are taking a bath and. Yeah, uh, the first bit of information we get is that the Church of Saint Fire Knox is not a church anymore. That 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 shit's done. All right, it's just a name now at this point. Uh, but before all that happened, back when she lived in her home country of Knox, where Rebecca was born, that's where she met Ziggy. I do kind of also enjoy this joke that Cheeky and uh, Wise are on the other side. And they're like, we can't hear you. <laughs> like You said you were going to give us information, but it's not a mixed bath. So we can't understand what you're saying. Yeah. And this conversation is being held between there and either the, the Eden Zero or a building nearby. Because I, I think that everyone's comms are just hooked up, so the Eden right. Zero can also hear everything that's happening. But but not cheeky and wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't really make a ton of sense, but it is uh, rather funny. Uh, she explains that Ziggy visited here the warm waters of time and realized they had the ether activating properties, uh, or they had ether activating properties in them. Uh, so. The crew is like of the zero is like, wait, is this why our spa has like like was it made to resemble these wa- like this water? Uh but the other note is that Hermit kind of picks up on it, is like, wait, didn't like we weren't we there, the shining stars? And they're like, no, he was traveling alone at that point. And then we get another like little tease. This is like a weird exposition, like kind of back and forth. Because then Yukino's like, oh, Stutz, Pino, sweetie, have you told them the secret of the four shining stars yet? 
And Pena's like, I don't really know what she's referring to, but there does appear to be something in my databanks that I can't access without further authorization. So there's another Pena secret to get that Yukino is just like, it's not my secret to tell. It's a precious memory that belongs to Pena. Uh, she can't remember it. Yeah. She can't remember it. Tell her. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, Feather shoots up. She's like, wait, someone's approaching. How did they get so close without alerting my eyes to Venus? And then suddenly everyone stops and Rebecca's like, hey, what the fuck's going on? Why are you frozen? What the fuck? And then she realizes that time has stopped and we end the chapter as Rebecca looks out. Of course, she's naked. Why wouldn't she be? But there is a uh, floating person behind her wearing like a cat suit. It's like, uh oh, who could this be? Who, how are they stopping time? Bum, 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 bum. Now, do you remember, Nick, because this is a plot relevant detail. Rebecca's time powers are at their strongest when she's naked. Yeah, this is very important. That this was established as a detail of her power set. Yep. Uh, so I will say this because I feel like you're negative, uh, and you're right to be. But this is probably the most I've enjoyed Eden Zero in like a year because we're finally at content we haven't experienced also within the past like two years of this series. I don't know if I believe that given that we did just like be reintroduced to another character and seemingly the only real reason that they're here is so that there is another naked body in the Springs when everything freezes. So <laughs> that is true. I just, I, I, there's a small bit of me that's fine. Like finally we've escaped the stuff that we just did. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like there's a few characters that we haven't been reintroduced to yet, and that 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 character is wearing a mask. So we'll see That's when true. the mask comes That's off. That's true. This this could show up, and then it's like, hey, it's me. Uh, uh one of the members of fucking Orc or whatever his name was from Forest. Uh, remember me? Or it's gonna be like, oh, it's me. Kana of Fairy Tale. That's right. All the characters yeah. of Fairy Tale yeah. are gonna start being reintroduced in this timeline too. It's me, Gildarts, and everyone's like, "You just mean Justice?" He's like, "No, no Gildarts. No, I'm a clone or something." Uh, I've just, yeah. Hey, Connor, just randomly talking about how he does. He's utterly useless. Except for banging his wife. It's like, like right. I can't fly a ship, but I could fly your mom if you know what I'm saying. Giggity, giggity, giggity. I mean, we have sex all the time. It's like, okay, thanks, Dan. Calm down. <laughs> Stop. All right, now it's time for Akane Banashi. It's story 70, the Rakugoka Shinta Arakawa. And we get a color page for this, showing all the uh, relevant characters for, uh, for this uh, little arc that's going on. Uh, well, I say relevant, but the contestant number four in the contest is... Hey! <laughs> whoa! It's pretty harsh, Nick. Uh, yeah. I think so that guy's going to win it all. I know he's mathematically eliminated <laughs> twice over, but I think he's still got it. <laughs> there he is. He's He's been thrown over the top rope. He, his feet have hit the floor. He's walking backstage, looking all sullen. I like his odds of winning. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a lot like when Maven got shit like shit beat out of the Royal Rumble so bad that Jericho was like, hey, you never got eliminated. I'm going to give you yeah, a title yeah. shot as a joke. Uh, <laughs> and maybe that's what he gets. Uh, this does feel like, uh, what, what is that quote from where it's like, we trained him wrong on purpose as a joke? We, we, uh, that's from Kung Pao, I believe. Yeah. Uh, 
Ah, my 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 face to your knee style. <laughs> uh, so uh, Akane has taken the stage, and she, of course, in this moment has you know like is is connected to her father and is thinking a lot about him. But she's thinking to herself like, why am I thinking about this particular moment? The moment where Shido was just obsessed with like I've got to be a Shinuchi or I can't make my family happy. Uh, and, you know, she thinks about a lot of the disappointment and a lot of the sadness that she did experience while he was trying to be a Rakugoka, you know, imparting to uh, his wife, Akane's mom, that only eight people came to his solo event. He just you know, wasn't very popular. And, you know, just all these times where he was, like, very agitated thinking about it. And Akane thinks to herself, like, I love Dad's art, and I want people to recognize its greatness. And yet... Uh, but she gets back into the story, which, of course, is also about a husband and a wife. And as she gets into it, uh, the wife uh, leaves to go and buy some food for her husband, who had been complaining about, like, oh, there's nothing to eat while he's drunk and stuff. Uh, and he complains about her leaving, too, because he's, he's being left on his own, yeah. which is understandable. So uh, definitely got to win a Padawan pigtail guy. Uh, says, like, you know, she, feels kind of low energy to me. Guess that she's, you know, like, given up on winning. But Kaichi says, oh, I wouldn't be so sure of that. It's only curtains when you've truly given up. Uh, and the guy's like, I mean, but can't you see the outcome already? Like, look, the judges are going to like her, I'm sure. But she hasn't had a big reaction from the audience. And after this point in changing time, the story, the, the only thing that's left is that the husband, you know, reveals his love for his wife. And then you cap it off with a little bit more foolish. Just that's it. So there's not going to be anything left to grab the crowd. So that's there's nothing that'll increase her points for the any audience vote. There's nothing that's going to increase her points for the streaming vote. Hikaru's won. That's it. She doesn't have the tiniest chance of winning. Uh, but And we get back into Akane's head. And she thinks, like, I can't waver. You decided to use your dad's art and win in your own way. And she mimics the little agitated, like, scratching the neck thing that her dad would do when he was really worried about stuff. As she does so, she has a conversation in her mind palace. Uh, this internal flash where the present Akane is confronted in a, what looks like a park by the past Akane. Akane at the beginning of the series and uh, the past Akane says, what's wrong? Why do you look so worried? Should I guess? It's because you're not sure anymore, right? You've met all these different people since you became a Rakugoka. You've come face to face with the strength of their feelings. And you felt that they were different from our dad. And you realized something after you had that heart to heart with dad's nin, didn't you? The Rakugoka Shinta Arakawa, and the present Akane says this, was a weak person. Mm. And she looks kind of sad no, about this. Oh, your dad rules! Past Akane looks really sad about this. And then there's a really sad thought, which is, but Rakugo stories are your friends. Does that mean that weak people can't have friends? Do Rakugoka have to be strong? And then Akane remembers a conversation that she had as a kid with Shigama, where he was telling her something about Rakugo. 
in the story that Akane is telling, you know, the husband kind of like you know, gets kind of upset with his wife and is like, all right, fine, go buy me some food then. Now that she's gone, what's her problem anyway? Why, why does she wait around all night for an old drunk like me to come home? And he just kind of realizes that, oh man, you know, I love the hell out of her. And I'm really lucky that she's in my life, basically. And uh, we have that moment. And then, hey, to cap things off for a bit, uh, you know, so his wife comes back in and, and uh, he yells at her again. God, where's the food? And uh, hey, and 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 uh, you know the very since cap off the very sincere note with another lighthearted joke about it. Uh, and so Akane has had this realization about her father and kind of come to terms with the fact that even though she idolized him as a kid, uh, he was weak the way that Isho Arakawa had said when they had that one-on-one -on -one conversation before. Um, and one second, because my reader's not working right now. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll get it, I'll get it going out here. Or is it just not working? This might be a problem. <laughs> it's uh... not loading for me, either way. Everything seems to be working on my end. Chapter's not loading for me, either on my phone or on uh, my browser. So this is a bad. All right, well, I could take over in the, the meantime. Uh, yeah, she, she realizes that her dad has, or she's like, I've lost sight of his true art. You know, my dad, I'm, he's not as strong as, as them. She's thinking of, you know, Master Rara and, uh, uh, what is his name? Arakawa, but there's like twelve Arakawas, so I don't think I can call it. Uh, that. Well, her, well, her master is her master is Shigama, and then there's Isho Arakawa, Isho. the uh, yeah, the, the the bastard one. Yeah. So, so she's at least thinking of all that, and she's like, "But that's exactly why uh, the people in my dad's stories always feel so warm and kind." And as it's going on, she's kind of wrapping up the story. As the the husband's like, I'm a stubborn man, Avito. I put up a front to hide my feelings, but the truth is, I'm full of gratitude to my wife. I'd be nothing without yeah. her. And she's outright channeling her dad in that moment. We literally see that lines being sort of written there. Um, I don't know if this is specifically supposed to be a quote that her dad said at some point, but it does seem like that's what she's going for. Uh, and she says, "That's it. I realize now that it was my dad's weakness I loved it." We get like sort of like a full page, almost like page and a half kind of spread of her kind of finishing the story of the um, the husband being like, you are the sun in my sky. And it's very intimately lit, you know, like this is a grand yeah. sort of moment. And then the husband realizes that the wife has overheard everything uh -huh. and is waiting outside the door. What are you doing here? Go get my food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and yeah, we, we close things out with the, a little, uh, monologue from Shigama's perspective, because he's been watching the stream, uh, this whole time. And, uh, and he says, Rakugo stories aren't tales of heroism. They're full of proud men, drunks, lechers, and fools. They tell tales of ordinary people who are far from perfect, failing in various ways. And in stories like that, even weakness can be a weapon.
It's fine to be weak. It's just another flavor of the human experience. And I think the idea is that he can see it, but maybe it's just Akane feeling it, but there's an image of Shinta with his hand on her shoulder, mm-hmm. having her helped her out. And Maikeru is watching this from, you know, watching Akane perform the story that he has taught her, and he says he figured it out. So, uh, this is a beautiful chapter. <laughs> it's, um, it's such a big thing where it really feels like, oh man, Akane, like, kind of became an adult <laughs> in this one chapter. There's a lot of Re- growing up in this, this is like yeah. single sequence here. Um, realizing that, you know, this, this thing that she'd been holding on to that had been driving her, this, her entire Rakugo career, uh, was kind of partially informed by childish naivete and idolization of her parent and not realizing that, Hey, her dad was not the greatest Rakugoka, uh, he was, you know, he kind of didn't have what it took compared to all the people that she's met so far in order to break it in. There's a reason why he didn't make it. Uh, and even so, that's okay. Uh, you know, she's realizing, like, he doesn't have to be perfect for him to be my dad, who I love. And it's an incredibly mature thing. Uh, it's an incredibly kind of uncomfortable thing in, in some ways to witness that happen uh, when we've come to that realization. Uh, but this is great. Uh, I, <laughs> I wasn't really expecting this to be the direction that the story took at this point, but it's definitely something that kind of needed to happen eventually for Akane's journey. Yeah, I think this is a level that is interesting to explore. It is a way to kind of ex- like capture that element of her dad and hers relationship. Well, I guess without giving too much away, we still haven't had these mm-hmm. two characters actively talk to each still other happened. or anything like that. Yep. Uh, but it does feel like a way to explore her particular relationship with her dad's Rocco. And I do, I do really like she realized like he just wasn't a strong person like all these other, you know, masters I've met. But I think that's why I liked his character so much. There's like a tenderness yeah. to them. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be very curious because she found strength in this, this thing that her, her dad had this very particular technique. Um, but it's almost certainly not going to win her the competition because they kind of know that like it's going to be tough to like get a score that high. Right. Maybe it will, but like Shinto's uh, or not Shinto. Um, what's his name? Her dad. Yeah, Shinta. Shinta. Shinta's style wasn't like extremely popular in certain mm-hmm. fields. Like obviously, like her master really liked it. Um, but I, I think there's still going to be like a level of like, it may not go over super well, but at the same mm-hmm. time they've built up that four person event. Yes. So I can't imagine they're not going to show us that. So I'll be curious to see what they do. I mean, it would feel you know, weird if she still won at this point. <laughs> I get you what you mean. And you know, a way that might resolve that. It's a good old tie. <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might just be something like a tie. And I do think that, and look, I, I, I'm going to try to be nice to Akari. I, I like to think that the lesson Akari should take from this, or Akari, is like, fuck, this, this bitch is still playing me on a fucking, like, she's playing, like, chess while I'm playing checkers. God damn it. Like, I'm, I'm not actually really competing with her. She's, like, processing way too much more. Right. 
I can definitely see, like, even if Hikaru wins the competition outright, I can definitely still see her feeling like Akane is still ahead of her. Because uh, mm-hmm. in, in a regard, at least, she definitely is. Uh, but we will see. I, I'm sure that we probably won't have to sit around waiting for the uh, the scoring uh, for much longer because it's been, like, the next chapter after for the previous three ones. So we'll see. They're going to fuck with us. They're going to be like, now to announce Akane's score, and then we'll time skip forward like a week or something like that. No one will talk about the results. They'll just go about their day. Like, ah, it's a new episode of Big Brother. It's like, that's weird. We're in Japan. Why are we talking about Big Brother? (laughs) It's not really a popular thing here. Not really popular anywhere, really, I think. But (laughs) Still gets made, though. Well, yeah, it's because it's dirt cheap. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to really pay anybody for that. I'm like, well, now you're being some suddenly someone knows a lot about this series you didn't think was so popular. I'm like, all right, I used to watch it a little it's, bit back in the day. It's just, uh, you know, it's just a matter of like manipulative editing and the fact that uh, everyone is, you know, kind of like uh, put it against one another and uh, they're on, they're, they're, they're kind of plied with drinks all the time. So they're drunk and that gets uh, emotional reactions. So you never watched the show, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I watched Amazing Race. Like, again, another show not really popular here. You couldn't need one Japanese reality show? Like, I don't know any. Just uh, Iron Iron Chef. Yeah, they're like, damn. All right, he got us. <laughs> this bitch knows what she's talking about. <laughs> All right. Sucks you lost that competition, though. You even lost to the dude with the little braid in the side of Like, damn, that's a crazy cliffhanger at the end of the chapter. All right, it's blue box time. b b blue box! Chapter 109, January 15. Hey, Taiki's woken up. It's birthday. He's 16 years old now. Uh, he has a really s- stupid kind of moment where he's like, I'm 16. I'm never going to catch up to Shinazi Senpai, though. No, because she's... <laughs> older than you <laughs> he's like i guess at 16 years old i should finally understand how time works huh interesting ah <laughs> uh, well i don't know einstein had this theory that if you shot off into space really really fast <laughs> um he goes outside to you know start his day and go to practice and stuff she's just like waiting for him uh and he's like ah uh but she says like oh yeah i, I was waiting for you because i figured you'd be, you'd be coming out soon happy birthday Aw, ain't that nice? Uh, and she says, oh, and I want to give you your present tonight, so make sure you come home really quickly so I can give it to you. Uh, I was kind of hoping that we would we could, you know, go out, though. Uh, but Taiki points out that they've both got practice to go to so they can make time for another day. They can go somewhere then. And she is like, you're right. And she kind of like, you know, kind of stops and she's staring at him. Thinking about touching his hair, that, that trollop. Oh my god, this hussy. <laughs> um, but it is kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, I know that they 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 want to try going out together and stuff. But it's like, but they also want to like stay focused on their other goals, which is like they're trying to play this smart, which mm-hmm. is like I don't know. That's don't restrain yourselves too much, guys, because yeah. <laughs> You can't do that. <laughs> they're going a little hard in the paint, which is to say they're not being hard in this paint whatsoever. Yeah. Get a little hard in the paint. Got to be a little hard in the paint because we already know that Shinatsu is a ticking time bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys got to be careful. If you if you keep on holding it in, she's going to be holding your hand all over the place. And you got to be careful about that. <laughs> yeah, she's going to explode any moment. And she might touch your ear. <laughs> um. 
but uh, she's she kind of like Chinatsu. There's a cute little moment where Chinatsu notices that Taiki has noticed the way that she's reacting, so she kind of gets upset and, and goes mm, at him, <laughs> and, he's, and he just says like, "Oh, she's cute." And then Chinatsu goes, "Here's a happy birthday handshake," and Taiki says, "Is that a thing? It is now." Fair so, enough. Shake your girlfriend's hand, Taiki. <laughs> Uh, but then his mom suddenly runs upstairs because she's looking for their stamp, and uh, so they have to immediately be like, and Taiki, like, oh man, nearly got caught shaking hands with his secret girlfriend, can't let that get caught. Can't can't ever be seen shaking hands with one of my roommates, that would be, I mean, it would be strange, and it's just like, why are you shaking hands, but sir, he's like, he's acting like, oh my god, they almost caught us making out. Like they they shake hands. His, t- his mother comes upstairs and, and she's like, "Wait a minute, shaking hands? That's the Gen Z equivalent of a Mexican car wash." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I watched a documentary on this. I know that you freaks are really getting off to this in my household. Never. I know why you have eggplant emojis. <laughs> it's because you like eggplants so much. You're trying to be healthy, little freaks. For all that fucking you're gonna do." I know the name plastic hurts high libidos. Uh so uh yeah, anyway, they they, they go to practice. Taiki gets to practice. Go! Go uh, Give some present. It's fucking muscle building proteins. <laughs> you fucking jocks. I yeah, this is a moment where you're just like I mean it's nice that they're giving gifts. I feel like men often feel um, pressure to not give yes. gifts and things like that. It's right. very sad. It's very cute that they're able to. But yes, it is very jockey that he's like, here you go. Whey protein powder. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, even like I'm a cool a- kind. Just, just cocoa flavored whey protein powder. <laughs> Got this for about two bucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I, a- I wish he got that for two bucks. You know how much fucking money whey protein costs? Oh, that's how cheap it is, is my point. Oh. <laughs> uh, Ayame comes by and uh, is like, oh, it's your birthday, huh? She makes a reference to like the Japanese reading of the date, which is like, okay, cultural barrier on that joke. Oh, well. Uh, but she also says like, hey, you know, I would have gotten you something if I had known. And he's like, I'm, I'm 16. And the only people who ever give you presents are Kyo and Hina. You don't have to worry about that. Uh and but then that gets to think about how Hina's always gotten him a gift, and she's like, "But she's not going to give me some this year because of you know the tension and the whole we're not dating thing and stuff." Uh, we get a little flashback to you know Hina actually like first learning when Taiki's birthday it was Taiki's birthday, and she like runs off to the vending machine, gets him uh, one chocolate for every year of his age, which is cute. Uh, and uh, but and then he's you know kind of like lost in that thought for a second. And Haru comes by and is like, I heard today's your birthday. Here, gives him a protein drink. <laughs> These fucking jocks. <laughs> Holy shit. It never ends. Uh, Nishida says that his present for Taiki is the right to have a match against him. It's like, you cheap motherfucker. <laughs> Shouldn't have even bothered to say anything. Um, but then they start to, you know, like, head off to practice uh, and Oh my gosh, Hina, the ninja move sneaks up behind Taiki and reverse pickpockets him and puts puts she puts some candy in his jacket pocket. 
and she's like, I, I, I completely forgot. But then I was at the convenience store and I saw these, so happy third birthday. Like he's like, we mean third, and just got three candies from her. And she's like, you get your thirteen pieces short. And Hina's like, oh, I thought you were three years old. Which is Bro's weird. Done. He's done for. Leave school. You'll never be able to show your face again. You've been destroyed, melted, you... absolutely obliterated. <laughs> uh, she she walks b- b- away, and uh, her friend's like, oh, you gave him a present. And Hina just says, yeah. Time's passed. I'm totally over it. Mm, maybe we'll see how you feel when you find out he's dating Shinatsu. Yeah, we'll see how lovely you are. But I do, I do like the idea that they could be friends. It's one of the pieces. Like Blue Box has been really, really good recently, and it's been very fun and very, very cute. But I do miss just the like, f- like adorable friendship between uh, Hina and, and Taiki. Yeah, uh, it does definitely feel like. Um... We, we're, we've been in like, oh, it's happy mode. Look at the schmaltz and cute stuff between Shinatsu and Taiki. So we are kind of like focusing on them a little bit, which means it's, you know, the main like ongoing plot line that is left to talk, talk about that being how does Hina feel about the fact that she has been basically fully rejected by Taiki. How is she dealing with that has just kind of like been faded away. And now it's just kind of like she's saying it's over. And it's like, I don't know, like, you know, it's it, it it can be, sometimes it takes longer yes to be over something that you think yeah. it does so um and uh yeah and uh Chidozia says as 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 he's looking at the candy he's like oh she gives you a birthday present every year what a good friend and Taiki's like hmm yeah I guess like, so has some, yeah, has some of the candy enjoys it it's like oh it's nice he's like wow someone gave you something that was a fucking whey protein powder. <laughs> Oh man, sugar in this is so great. <laughs> uh, and so you know, he even comments on that. He's like, "Oh my god, these things are really sweet." <laughs> yeah, Taiki goes home at the end of the practice uh, and thinking about Jinatsu, who's obviously already left, and he's thinking like, "Huh, uh, better not be some the protein that she gives me." <laughs> uh, but then he thinks maybe it'll be a happy birthday. Hug. Oh my god, these horny teens and their wild emotions. They're out of control, Nick. A hug? I mean, it is your birthday, but still, this is, this is rather lewd. Taiki, she's been your girlfriend for like 10 days. How dare you try and put that sort of pressure on her, even in your own mind, wanting her to put out and give you a hug. <laughs> yeah, this 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 is straight up uh Discord we never learn Asumi Lude emotion. Lude. <laughs> uh so yeah, Taiki Mia is like, oh no, my mind's in the gutter, there's no way it's that like, come on, dude. She was she's desperate to shake your hand. Uh then, oh no, gets a call from his mom. And his mom says, Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Misaki who went into labor, so we're going to be home late. It's it's a thing that it, uh, has kind of like been established that like they're off visiting uh, uh, her uh, uh, Taiki's aunt who is pregnant, and like, oh man, we got to rush to the hospital. So that means that you know the situation is different than they had initially planned on. They're not going to be home until late. Uh, so she says, yeah, and I asked, so I asked you not to take care of dinner, uh, and we'll celebrate later. Uh, and uh, so Taiki's like, all right. So that means that until everyone gets home, my birthday celebration's gonna be just the two of us. Wow. Oh, uh, and he comes in. 
comes into where Shinatsu is fully clothed and making food. <laughs> but she's wearing an apron, Nick. It's a fetish or something. Yeah, it is a fetish, but she's wearing all the other clothes, too, so maybe not. Uh. Nick, what if you what if you wore all the fetish clothes at once? It's still a fetish. It would depend, I guess, on how you wore them. I imagine that uh, depending on the combination and just, also the way just you like, like Just like one of those people who, who like will wear like 60 t-shirts. <laughs> so it just right. gets like you can't even move. Like you're, you're so, that's that's what I'm thinking. Of. Like you just keep throwing on different versions of fetish shoots one over top of each other. And you start with the bulkiest thing. You start with like a fursuit or something like that. Something where you're like, not, damn. Not planned very well at all. <laughs> no, I could have coordinated this a lot. I'm going to have to fit the spandex after this. <laughs> the leather suit shit. That's going to be rough. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so... We are entering a very cliche romantic comedy setup like, oh, we're trying not to be get, get caught and the whole house is ourselves now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but given that we are at the level of them being embarrassed about holding hands, uh, we'll see. <laughs> Just so. <laughs> I don't think it's going to go quite that way, but it should still be a fun time. Uh, Nick, is there any way? I No, you know me. I love Cypher Academy. Is there any way we could condense this <laughs> extraordinarily lengthy yeah. and, and verbose it really chapter? Long. It's chapter 32. A sound mind is in a sound war. All right. Uh, we uh, get everyone's there for the three-way uh, match to decide the winners of the whole competition thing. The rules are it's a triangular game of tag. Uh, one class will hunt... Uh, Basically, class one hunts class two, hunts class three, hunts class one. We get a, an explanation of this that involves animal tales, it, but it's honestly that easy to to understand. Uh, the big thing is that in order to actually also incorporate code breaking into it, the captor has to succeed at breaking the code of the person of the per presented by the person that they're trying to capture. And the captor will then give the tail back to their prey and escort them. But if they fail, then they give the tail back and have to report back to base because they fail to capture. They have to go back to base before they can try and capture someone again. The codes have to be based on their environments. Uh, and so that's the combination is it's physical. Yes, but also it's based on being able to think on the fly and think of codes and also solve codes on the fly. Uh, the only representative of uh, class C Invalides Yunakiyu Guisu uh, points out that Iroha is, you know, like actually athletic and a dancer and a male cheerleader and stuff. And it's like, I feel like this is unfair given that, you know, he's going to try and make up for his lack of intelligence with stamina. So it's like, no, that's okay. They've got a handicap for this. Put a freaking ball of chain on his ankle. <laughs> it's so easy for them to do this. And I like that, like, no one else in his class is just like, I might have some concerns about it. Like, it yeah, makes sense good. that Aroa is just like, them's the breaks. Someone has to be like, Aroa, you can also do this for other people. You can, yes. you can also argue your case. Uh, there is notably, and doesn't really get brought up in the chapter, a combination for the lock. So he thinks that there may be a, at yeah. least an attempt to get out of it that way. Yeah, there is a one-star rating. Uh, and I do thought that he's like... Wait, if you're talking about stamina, they have a fucking bear on their team. And the bear just looks at everyone like a bear and then goes, this is a costume. Why would there be a bear at school? Use common sense. 
And Nero's like, oh, sorry. And the bear says, apologies will not repair this matter. Reflect on your actions. Yeah. Uh, How dare you call me a bear? Let's also recognize this character's excellent name of Quoka Edishite. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's not even spelled the way that you would think it would be. It's crazy. <laughs> so everyone is assigned their, who they're going to chase and stuff like that. And then Eva- Invalides, who got Iroha stuck in the ball and chain, is me like, now if you'll excuse me, and just backhand springs away. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, the teacher is like, oh, yeah, she's a gold medalist in kids' gymnastics, so she would have, you could have probably argued for her to receive a handicap, too. Yep. Just a so, like, god damn it. Yep. And uh, Toshisai says, like, points out, like, hey, you know, even though they're in an alliance, Class C has only got one member taking part in the battle. It's clear that she's been planning for this ever since the conference. So watch out for yourself. Uh, she all, oh, uh, but... But pun number one of six for the day, this noble villainess's butt is still green. All right. Uh, <laughs> You're like, mm. all right. We're, we, sometimes we got to stretch for him. Uh, Iroha and company uh, go off to their base. And uh, so they're like, all right, we got to keep the strategy session brief. We got, we got three hours. They can start thinking about what they're going to do. We established that Nohime has uh, a prosthetic eye to help her out uh, in this competition. Uh, but they have to be careful about that because it is technically outside support so they're going to be hush hush about it uh anonymity requested also i guess did not wear her mask for the same reason she would have been you know like they would have argued that she's using uh uh air uh help and uh, also they're like yeah yeah so uh i imagine that the enforcers of the test who are class f the one class that is not you know uh involved in this actually no that's not the case the team that they the uh, team they beat basically team d or whatever d d no i think it was e right it is e you're right yeah classy classy d is the the dead class that like we speak to the dead right so classy uh are going to probably be really strict with them because you know they got knocked out of competition by them uh and uh so like yeah and if 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 it comes down to it between being captured by the snakes who are going to try to capture us or the members of team F in particular, I'd rather be disqualified and lose because class F is the special mission class, the cypher Academy mass torture squad. And I love that these motherfuckers are just walking through with fucking machetes and sights and axes. They're just like slash, slash, slash or their bag yep. masks. I'm sure that they're hiding in this very short grass. Yeah. <laughs> It's so disturbing. Uh, this is so. This is a good chapter. There is just so much to like retain through it because so much of it is this explanation. It is essentially just they're playing three way tag, but they add codes to it to yeah. like make it a little bit more actually thematically fitting to the series. Uh, but there have a- been considerably more puzzling competitions of the series to this point yeah. so yeah. but there's a lot of fun i i, I like the the quokka and ishite part where it's just like why is there a bear and the bear's like use I'm common sense yeah don't apologize <laughs> reflect i want you to i want you to work on yourself as a result of this uh, and i also do love the class uh what f lady who just yeah she just starts somersaulting out of there she's like begin <laughs> It's entirely unnecessary, but all right. <laughs> yeah. After, after getting a fucking ball and chain hooked to a robot, it's very good. Yes. Okay. 
New Sexorcist. Uh-huh. Chapter 10. Training begins. It's the beach chapter. Uh, they're on Finally, the beach. Finally, Nick. It's been... Yeah. Oh, my God. Almost two months the series has been out. And yeah, we haven't had a beach crazy. chapter yet? It's wild. It's so, yeah. So, uh, Gakuro is on the beach with Suo and with uh, Fuyu... Furuha? Fu something. So... Uh, yep. And, uh, <laughs> who gets uh, the so shit there? And, uh, he is, uh, pointedly not looking at anyone because, as it turns out, Quinn, oh Gakuro was traumatized as a fifth grader because this kid is nothing but trauma. <laughs> he apparently was accused of staring at girls in swimsuits when he was in swim class, and people said, he's a dirty boy. So it's trauma. He's been yeah. traumatized by he, that. He, now he's just like, I can't possibly look at a girl in a swimsuit. Can't I would relive that. Uh, and you're just like, fuck, man. Just a little cool. Just a, a sprinkle of something to make you seem like a cool Please. person. <laughs> like, this is a, like, it's one of those things you're like, I want to feel bad for you. But you're going to just be like, ah! Breasts and b- 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 butts around me. Can't look. Everyone will laugh at me. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, get stuck looking at their b- 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 busty b- 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 brassy air areas. <laughs> oh, and they're all wearing t- 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 two pieces. Oh, <laughs> the hell that has been bestowed upon me. Uh. There is a very odd little moment where Suo notes that, oh, Nue was right. Well, she doesn't call her Nue. Apparently, she knows her as Saya. She's the only one present who knows her by that name. But it's like, she was right. It's so easy to move around in a swimsuit. So I guess Suo, despite proposing that they go to the beach to do cleanup stuff, she's has never worn fucking... a swimsuit before. Yeah. Well, not that she's never worn a swimsuit before. Well, I don't know. And the idea is, like, I guess she was planning to go in her, like, combat attire or whatever yeah. uh but it's it's such a silly thing where like wow it really is easy to just kick and move around while you're wearing a swimsuit like that's not generally you know whatever go mm. for it and meanwhile i knew i was just thinking to herself like ah yes now gakuro will see her butt some more <laughs> she's like my machinations are deep mm. at work he'll never be able to avoid all of the breasts if i just make his harem as large as possible, eventually, I'll he ne- will... I'll never have to fucking... <laughs> That's every character's goal. If I get enough <laughs> chicks around this guy, I will never have to have sex with him. This is actually... So I think I may have mentioned this before uh, at some point, but in the sequel to to Love Rue, uh, one of the side characters of the first series, uh, Momo who is the main main girl, Lala's younger sister, her big plan, because she also falls in love with Rito, the boring generic protagonist. She realizes like, well, Rito is super in love with both my sister and with his, you know, next his childhood friend Haruna. So there's no room for someone like me at this point to win his heart. But if I get the harem ending, <laughs> then I'll have, there'll be a place for me inside that harem. So I've got to get him to want to have all the ladies. I feel like 
if I just have him fall in love with all these girls, then he won't fall in love with me is actually a better plan. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> if I hook him up with all these other ladies, there'll never be an opportunity for us to get involved. Forget about me. <laughs> so we get a flashback to Cocker having a conversation, a strategy meeting with Nui. And she's like, oh, they're going to wear swimsuits. And Nui's like, listen. Oh, my <laughs> God. God. What the fucking nerd is what he's asking. He's like, are they going to be wearing swimsuits? Like, why would they be wearing swimsuits at the beach? Gakuro, sweetie, they 100% will not be wearing swimsuits. It's not like I went behind your back and said to Zuo, you should wear a bikini while you go to the beach. And look, I'm going to assure you, I am so confident. No one else at this beach, not even the people involved, nobody at this beach are going to be wearing swimsuits. It's just not fashionable anymore. It would be no. a weird thing to do, Cockro. So you won't have to worry about looking at anyone's butts or boobs. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> uh, but she brings up like, hey, remember, there is like alleged plot reasons that we're doing this. You've got to get stronger so that you can you know, win your match against Shiroha. And the way to do that is to beat more spirits. Uh, you've got to at least be strong enough to destroy her Shikigami in order to beat her. So you've got to beat probably like 300 spirits in the next two days. Wow. That seems like a lot. That's a lot of spirits. Like accounting for like defeating one taking like what, like five minutes or something like that. You're like, you're like, oh, shit, do you have time to take a shit? <laughs> like what's going to go? That would take 15 hours to do that. So it's a lot. Yeah, well, it and that's also assuming that you're you're that you're you're on that strict schedule every five minutes. Boom. It would be twelve an hour, so it would actually be uh, sixty. Is oh my god, wow! Oof. So it would be five to get sixty, so it would be uh, thirty hours. <laughs> wow, that's see, it's already <laughs> it's already increasing. And again, he has to keep to that schedule. Yes, he he's got to stick to it. But this might be so, some Dynasty Warrior shit where he just rolls up and there's like 60 in a row. And he, he just spins his sword and he's like, ah, shit, I'm almost done. Uh, yeah, and then she actually does go on to claim, those girls don't won't wear swimsuits. I'm 100% certain they won't wear swimsuits. She has literally told Suo to go and wear swimsuits. Uh, yeah, and then for some reason, for some reason, Suo and and Shiroha are leaning in towards him when he comes back to the president. It's like, can you move along and finish giving us your thoughts on our swimsuits? Why are you asking? What is this world? <laughs> where it's what is just happening? Like, hey, we've cornered. I mean, I guess that we are in this world where every character is like almost pretending to be interested in this guy. Right. So in that way, there is this thing of just like, hey, what do you think of our swimsuits? But there is like a yep. level of like. What is this conversation? What kind of unnatural conversation were we having? Yep. So Gakuro is like, I've got to find somewhere to look that isn't at their booth. I have to bury my head in the sand. I'll eat crabs for the rest of my life. <laughs> Specifically crabs. I'll, nev I'll never lift my head out of the sand. That way I'll never be exposed to the indecency of a two-piece. Oh no, more two pieces! Ah, bikinis! There are more people from uh, security uh, uh, from the from the uh, Shinigami Corps, basically, who show up. Uh, they are led by uh, Koga, who is a short girl 
who honestly has a beach outfit that I think is very fashionable. I, I like her. I like the, I like her overall look. She's got like coordinated like swimsuit along with like these with like it's not just like sandals, but there's also like random sashes around her legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, they are indeed all wearing two pieces, and uh, so they're all there. And it's like, oh wow, a boy is here. Yes, a boy is here. You are correct. <laughs> what about it? Um, and. <sighs> so immediately Gakro gets accused of staring at them because that's important. And so he's like, oh no, my trauma. I'm being accused of looking at women. No, I've and never the- once stared at a woman inappropriately. Uh, yeah. So, uh, one of the girls, uh, who is, I think a bit older than Gakuro, uh, is her name is what is her name sujita bunhead girl so bunhead girl is like hey what's your name he's like oh, and she laughs at him uh and is like all right sure and immediately like everyone thinks he's a loser and stuff and they're like all right and they go and they fight some spirits and stuff and then they kind of try and turn gakuro into their fucking gopher uh and uh yeah so yeah and then they turn to uh, to Shiro and are like, "Yeah, it's fun to have a guy like freaking bullying people and having them like do your shit for you and stuff." But then Shiro doesn't say anything in response. So she's like, "Why aren't you talking? You dumb!" It's like, "All right, maybe she's just like fucking." I don't know. But uh, Koga like smacks her across the face and is like, "Sorry, she's not right in the head." All right. All right. Okay, I don't really understand what's happening, but go, go off, the queen. Connection. Then she says, "Like you didn't get hit on by strangers, did you?" And Bunhead Girl is like, "There's no way she would. She'd need to be likable first. Yes, damn. Because when people go to on the beach and approach girls in swimsuits, it is because they think that they're likable." Yes. It's very interesting that you would... I understand why they needed to, based on the end of this chapter, being like, we're going to get involved in a team competition. But it's very interesting you would introduce, like, three new characters at this point, and not, like, like in a single chapter, because it's like, how am I supposed to remember which one of these are which? Uh, so, Koga and Bunhead Girl kind of, like, are still bickering and stuff, because she keeps on insulting Shiroa. And then she's like, actually... I don't think the thing that you thought about Gakro because he's in the current predicament that he needs to change, and if he doesn't, then he can't survive. And Bunhead Girl's like, "All right, that was a really weird lag time on your response." But then she says, "You only mess with people to make yourself feel better when you're bored." So I don't really feel any need to talk to you because you're pathetic. All right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she's dead. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no coming back from that. Uh, but then uh, Bunhead Girl is like, oh, I'm going to fight her. Let me fight her. I'm going to kick her ass for insulting me. And Gakura is like, please don't fight. And gets between them. And his hand immediately goes to Bunhead Girl's chest. How? It's right on it. How did he interfere? Because he's try- He's not trying to. I don't know why his arms are like extended. I guess he's just trying to separate a fight that's not happening. But like clearly they weren't about to. Like they were about to be in a fight if he didn't intervene. But, like, his hand for whatever her name is, uh, 
Fujita. Fujita is nowhere near her. So, like, it almost feels like... Oh, Shiroha. Sorry, Shiroha. It almost felt like he was attempting to go for this. Like, that's like, I'm like, how is... Like, this is a colossal misstep on your hat, buddy. I don't like... I don't like looking at girls in swimsuits because I'll be accused of being a pervert. But I will touch them with no regard for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and immediately, of course, like, you know, there there is a moment where the bunhead girl is just so shocked that she's like, what are you doing? But then she sees the Gakuro is freaking out, so she instead goes, Ah, you touched my boobs, you pervert! You dirty boy! So I guess that she's, like, bullying him and is not actually bothered about the fact that, you know, a guy did just touch her on the boob. It's like, I mean, right, you can understand to a certain extent that it's just, on un- it was an unintentional move, yeah. and you're just like, what are you doing? And then when you see, like, you're like, Oh, you, you get a little Nagatoro and you're just like, ooh, yeah. you're sensitive to this. I'm going to bully you. Uh, but like get... it starts off really rough and then gets a lot more light and teasing as it goes. But at the start, it's definitely like a, like a humiliation fetish thing. Yes, uh, we get a single panel that is, quote, a montage of increasing amounts of teasing. Which some of which I don't really get what the teasing is uh, like. There's a few that are obvious, like. For whatever reason, Koga decides to fucking just stand on him. What's well, not? I think he just fell in the water. Oh no no no! Oh god, it's such a confusing sequence. It's so Bunhead Girl trips him and he falls near Koga and pins her to the ground by accident. I think it's very hard to follow there's a lot crammed into this i thought it was that he fell to the ground and then was looking up maybe i have no idea i have zero idea what's happening in most of these shots anyway he's super traumatized now it's a bad now it's time for the team competition i do love that it ends with the panel because i do relate to this aspect of gakura's character a lot where he's just sitting in a corner going i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry I'm sorry. <laughs> Just traumatized by this shit. That is, that is a, a situation I have found myself in a great many times in my life. Not because of high, the beach-related bullying, but just in relation to right. like, oh, I've offended everyone around me with my awful existence. Uh, so it's supposed to be a three-on-three match with Suo and Shiroha and Gakuro against the uh, three girls. But, quote-unquote, Suo-senpai is on duty over there, so it's just two versus three. Yeah, all right, sure. Uh, and uh, she demands that the losers have to kneel down Dogeza style before the victors. And but anyway, we'd win because you know you suck so much, Kakuro. We're also choosing so, to intentionally play three on two instead of just having one of our team members sit out and making it even. Yeah, just like a bunch of assholes. So they start the competition, but Kakuro just continues to you know slap to the corner. So Fujino comes over to him and, and is and is like, "Why? Come on, aren't you coming? You're here as part of Nui's training, right?" And Gakura is like, "Long ago, I was called a dirty boy, <laughs> and my I, trauma surfaced after that." <laughs> I do like, like we know we have to. It's this character we do, but I do love him just be like, "Long ago." People call me a person. She's like, what, what, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> Why are you talking like I didn't, pro- I didn't ask you a question to prompt this, did I? So it turns out that the thing that uh, made people accuse him of being a pervert was that when he was in swim class, 
he thought that a girl was drowning, so he just jumped into action and tried to save her. And was like, I'll get you to safety! And the girl was just like, no, I was just practicing swimming on my back. And so people were like, you just said dirty, you a girl! You're a dirty boy! It's like, oh, He it, was just trying to help someone. Yeah. It, 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 it continues this pattern where you're like, oh, that seems like that should be an admirable thing to got, girl. On the other hand, it is extremely weird of you to just be like, this person in the pool must be drowning. <laughs> <laughs> no one else is reacting to this in the swim class. Oh, I have to take them. action. <laughs> and then this like this this bystander girl is just like, what? No, I was doing a backstroke. What are you talking about? <laughs> Did I say help? Did I do anything to make you think that I needed help? <laughs> oh, man. So Gakuro gets through his very painful backstory and then he's like, you don't understand the turmoil I've suffered as a result of that day. And she says, was it really that painful? And he's like, I can't get rid of the feeling of my body stiffening up. And so Fujino just sits down next to him and is like, all right. And then she puts her forehead to his in a little tunk. Uh, and she says, look at me. He's like, no! And she says, look, you can't erase your trauma or overcome it. But even if you can't erase it, you can still keep moving forward. At the cafe, you declared that you would beat me. And I won't permit you to stop moving just because of some pain. Just because of some titties around this place. Look at my titties! <laughs> it's pretty much kind of what it's getting at. Quite literally at one point. So she's like... so." after a bit of this is like she's right I have to stare at Fujino's half naked body in order to defeat her it's the only way so he looks at her and then after about 0.2 seconds his eyes are immediately oh my god your rack's incredible ma'am it's I mean I understand the impulse she is leaning in such a position that yes your eyes are kind of drawn to them if you were in that position but then she, so he immediately goes, oh, and then she's like, wow, you are duty. No. But then Fujita's like, look, come on. Can you, can you, can you get up and move now? It's like, yes. Thank you for making me stare at your half naked body. It was hard for me, but I appreciate the effort. I finally feel woken up and stronger. I'm ready to go beat those chicks at volleyball. <laughs> Uh, and so they go off to go and do the thing. Uh, that's, that's the chapter. What a weird chapter, honestly. Um, I have two thoughts on this chapter. So the first was I was really, really worried that the art in this chapter is going to be bad because I've kind of talked about, like, proportions in this mm. series being really rough before. Um, but I thought, for the most part, it was okay. It's not great or anything like that, but I was like... The, the fears were not founded, it turns out. But uh, there's like a depressing thought. I realized uh, we're about to talk about Tenmaku Cinema. Tenmaku yeah. Cinema is almost certainly done for. It is is ranking the bottom five. And this one isn't. <laughs> yeah, this one. It, it, we're existing in a world where Tenmaku Cinema is almost certainly going to be gone in like the next like month couple months maybe we just had a a group of series so i think we'll get a little bit of time right right um but unless something wild happens it's it's almost certainly going to be gone uh but meanwhile news exorcist uh 
it, it's doing great. Like, it's not doing amazing. This isn't blowing anyone's mind. But this series is almost certainly going to last longer than Tanmaku Cinema. Yeah. And that is devastating to my soul. It was pointed out on Twitter, uh, on our Discord server, that this that the series trended on Japanese Twitter after this chapter came out. Which, look, it's the big beach chapter, so yes, you know, thirsty people are going to be thirsty. But publicity is publicity when you're a new manga and you need attention and you need readers. So that can only be taken as a good sign for this. Mm. Will it be enough of a good sign? I don't know. Thirsty people couldn't save Red Hood, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, that's because there's a lot of uh, bustle boobs, though, and people were intimidated by them. They were like, whoa. Look at all those boob squats they're doing. I can't compete with that. I can't read this. <laughs> oh, man. It's just that I have a Bible in my house. I can't, I can't read this. <laughs> all right. Now to get back to my my 12 hour anal sex pornathon. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. That's you know, crazy. for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> for Jesus. <laughs> oh, the pornathon for the big guy. <laughs> It's all for you, big man. It's all for you. Save you, Jay Dizzle. <laughs> all right, now on to part twenty of fifty-seven of of anal of anal marathon girls twenty-six. That's right. It's a fifty-seven part series of part twenty-six of this. Series. Wow, that's so much rich lore to anal guzzlers twenty-seven, whatever it's called. I'm I'm. No, no, no! Come on, go in. Anal marathon. It's, 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 it's you're thinking of the subset. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about it's Hobbs and Shaw like spinoff franchise. <laughs> After a couple characters got so big and anal marathoners, <laughs> they had to like, splinter them off into its own franchise. For some reason, Ludacris is a, is a recurring cast member in that series too. <laughs> I mean, why? If you could get him, why wouldn't you use him? <laughs> He just shows up and talks about like, oh, look at me starring in this. <laughs> He's like, wow, they sure are marathoning those anals. <laughs> Someone's like, hey, the line doesn't really work. He's like, you paid me to read one line and I read it. I'm out. <laughs> They're like, hey, should we cut this scene from the movie? No, leave it in. We the, the camera panned to the director. He's like, leave it in. It's all gold. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Scene 14 of Tenmaku Cinema, Himeki's Summer Vacation. Uh, we open very briefly with Himeki uh, finishing up a day of shooting at her job. Uh, and people are observing like, oh, you know, you seem like you're kind of like more mellow. Is it because you've like made a friend? Oh, yeah, that boy uh, Shinichi, right? And she says, I've, I'm not sure if we're friends exactly. I need to ask him to make sure. And <laughs> the director is like, I mean, I don't think that's how friendship works. Uh, but uh, she she gets going because, of course, she has her other movie to work on with everyone. They're shooting some scenes at Akitsu's house because uh, his family uh, has a big old style house that is perfect for Nagisa's home uh, for their purposes. Uh, and there's a couple of cute moments like the fact that uh, the other boys are distracting Akitsu's mother because she is a gossip hound. So if, they, if you know, the famous actress, he making Kuroko visit her home, it would get out to everyone. So they can't let that happen. But meanwhile, his grandfather is going to have a part in the movie. And there's a cute moment there where like, Hajime uh, is you know instructing him during line reads and stuff. And he goes through and it starts off okay. But then he's like, uh, shy girl, that one. But that all changed on that day! It just gets really, really, really dramatic and, and, and into it and stuff. And 
you know, it's just an observation of like, yeah, you know, sometimes amateur actors like overact instead of playing a scene naturally because they get nervous or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, they so they start shooting some scenes because it's supposed to be, hey, it's Nagisa's room. They go into a room and it's like, all right, here we go. They shoot a scene. And I do love the the page turn on this because it starts off like it's a shot of Nagisa, uh, Nagisa's feet as a skirt drops down around her her feet. And then it pans back and Himeki is wearing fucking rolled up sweatpants, <laughs> fully fully clothed and just dropped the skirt because she didn't actually have to get undressed. And she's like, I mean, I can take it again if you guys want. And all the boys are just like, it's fine. It's okay, fine. good. It's good. <laughs> all turning away. Um... So things are going pretty well overall with the shoot. He, you know, Hajime has a conversation with Tenmaku about stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, it's a really controlled environment versus all the guerrilla filmmaking that they've, we've been having to do and stuff. But then uh, Tenmaku points out to him like, well, you know, you're saying you know, everything's going smoothly and stuff. But, you know, that might be kind of deceptive. And so Hajime was already talking about. And then he pans out and it's like, oh, not long, no longer just doing like tight shots with the camera. But, you know, doing a wide shot of the room and he realizes, oh, this room doesn't like feel lived in because this is just like a spare room in the Akitsu household. It doesn't seem like Anakis has actually, you know, used this as her bedroom. So they have to start putting up stuff and redecorating. And it's like, oh, shit, we're on a tight schedule and we have, you know, not set up this, the, 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 the scene for this at all. So they're rushing around, throwing stuff around. Uh, Himeki is like taking stuff out of her bag and just like putting it around the place. Just like, it's fine, just like put it up, get it ready and stuff. Um, and uh, there's a note about like, hey, this is why set designers are so important. It's like, it's a nice little note. Um, and load, here we go. Uh, as they get through, you know, Himeki's like, you know, because Hydra apologizes to her and uh, he's like, I'm sorry that, you know, but, like I'm making you know, an actress like you do do this like grunt work. And she says, no, no, it's 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 a lot of fun. And uh, one of the boys, it's it's the it's the it's the uh, fashion designer boy uh, who's doing the costumes and stuff. I can't remember his name. Uh, he says, it's kind of like we're prepping for a culture festival. Uh, but Bito's like, oh, those are a pain because you're always getting bossed around and stuff. And then he's like, you know, instructing Akitsu like, I know you got to do it's more realistic if it's a little bit messy and stuff and, and everything. Uh, and Hajime says, like, yeah, you know, and like rather regardless of whether it's like a culture festival or, or it's making movies. Yeah, it's fun as long as we're doing it with friends. And uh, that gets to make his attention, of course. And then they do like a, a scene that's like a proper wide scene. And it's like, OK, a scene of like Nagisa hanging out in her room for part of the movie. And it's like, yeah, this is this 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 is good now. Yeah. It, it feels like lived in and everything. So uh, they wrap the, up for the day. Himeki's got to rush off to you know, another job, so she's got to go. Uh, and uh, as she, like, Hajime, like, sees her out and, and notices, like, you know, you seem like you're in a good mood. And she, she says, I don't know if I am in particular. And he's like, all right, well, you know, good luck. And Himeki just kind of gives him a little smile as she leaves. And there is narration that explains, like, you know, her summer breaks were always filled with filming and with work. But this year seemed different from the previous ones. And she's just thinking about how Hajime said, like, yeah, we're doing it with friends because she's their friend now. Mm -hmm. She's got friends and she hasn't had them before. So, yeah, to your point earlier, uh, the series is definitely ending. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. Um, but, like, it seems 
written in the stars at this point. We're really kind of marathoning our way through a couple of things. But that said, this is also just a cute chapter about movie making and this idea of like indie movie making. They're like, hey, we got this good location, but it's sterile. It doesn't actually feel like this character would live here. So, uh, you know, I love everybody panicking and being like, ah, I brought a uh, squishmallow. Uh, like, hey, uh, books and manga work? Uh, fuck it. Yeah, just go grab them. And they're like, yeah, you know, she borrowed those from her, her childhood friend. Like, these all work. And like, I, I just like everybody like working together. They'd be like, all right, I got a good shot. Like, oh, it's just a good goobers. Um, but yeah, sadly, I don't think this series is going to stay around for the long haul. But it's OK. I'm going to appreciate what we get. Uh, it's uh, Loose Samurai, Chapter 118, Student. Uh, people are riding around with Lord Akie, the uh, new guy. Uh, gets uh, they ride for a bit, talk about how much he, you know, how much he would ride horses and travel long distances and stuff. What an impressive rider this guy is! Uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, and uh, then we get to a conversation uh, when they come to a river where he brings up that he will stand in your way to Tokyuki, someone you know well. And uh, we see uh, we cut over to the Ashikaga pe- uh, group. And Uesugi is speaking with uh, Ienaga, who was known as, you know, uh, uh, what is his fucking name? Whatever. Ashiba Magojiro, the young general who got a little bit of attention uh, in that previous battle and was reacting to, you know, everyone dying and stuff. Uh, Yeah, he is now 17 years old and uh, he is uh, a renowned commander and stuff. Uh, and uh, we see that uh, Akie got ambushed uh, by him, and uh, even though his army had defeated Takauji's forces, he got held up by the, a, a young kid leading a group against him and stuff. So, yep. Uh, there's some talk of tactics. There is a comparison between uh, Akie and Shiba and how they're so young and stuff, and how they'd be like university and high school aged, and uh, meanwhile, Zokyuki is a little fucking kid still. Yep. Uh, and, uh, there is another noble that they meet with, uh, Natsu, meanwhile, is plotting, she is, in fact, still planning on betraying Tokyuki's group, eventually, she's like, okay, I'm gonna get, like, some good intel, I'll go back to the Tengu, I'll give them explosives, now that it's uh, gotten them from Genpa, and she just thinks, like, the only available path for me is with the Ashikaga. It's the only thing that I really paid attention to in this entire chapter was just her brief little internal monologue where she establishes where her loyalties still lie as yeah. of this moment. Uh, and uh, then Tokyuki is, just says like, all right, battle will be the test of Lord Akiye's character. And Shinano, I knew my allies before battle, but now I shall know them through battle and you will learn about them with me. Yep. So they're going to go and do a battle. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of right there with you where it's just like kind of not super interesting i guess i I just don't care about lord aki as like the mentor leader character they have to follow his gimmick of like you guys all suck everyone sucks it's like uh just not that funny in like a long-term scale and i'm just not vibing with where the story is at this point if you're going to have a mentor character be mean and abusive they there has to be a certain charm to it we went over this in like you know in, in blank canvas like how ridiculous uh you know the sensei was in that 
and but also like how clear it was that he actually cared about people. And this guy's just kind of being a dick and yeah. then being like, but I shall be with you. And that's just kind of it. Yeah, maybe we'll get that sometime soon. Just right now, it's definitely difficult to like get super interested. Uh, we're going to move through real quick. Black Clover, page 365, 500 years of solitude. Last time, Sekre sealed everybody's wounds. Uh, it does not heal their pain, but it does uh, keep them from dying, basically. Uh, it's sealing their wounds and pain. It can't heal them. So like once it ends, they'll be in misery all over again. Uh, we cut over to Gauche and Gray, who are uh, dying. <laughs> Gauch yep. straight up is missing a hand. It's is gone. Yeah. Uh, so it uh, looks like if she goes down, they're just straight up dead at this point. It definitely seems like that. He nearly got cut in half. Yeah. It seemed like so. Uh, so Sekre, uh, we get a couple characters who are going to like fight against them. We have Charmy and, and, and um, uh, Zora are doing some things. Uh, but Damnatio reveals like, ah, he didn't know. But I am blessed with a second magic. You've probably never Can heard Can you of believe it? <laughs> You've never heard of this before. But I, in fact, have two different types of magic that I can use. I was blessed. Uh, so I have atmosphere magic as well. So we first see Charmy just get kind of like ripped to shreds. Uh, in like that way that like nothing seems like it happened. Blood just kind of like starts to shoot out of like their body in various different places. Uh, but the mm-hmm. same thing happens to Zora, and it's just like, yeah, you you basically are going to get torn apart by the atmosphere. Uh, it references the Supreme Devil Ball. I don't remember who this was. I think this is someone we may have met at some point. Uh, was this... Um... No, because that was the word magic guy, wasn't it? I don't remember. They fought during the, the elf arc. I don't know. Regardless, uh, he's like, hey, fuck this. I'm heading straight towards you guys. Um Sekre has a little bit of a flashback thinking like, okay, so for 500 years after forbidden magic made me inhuman, I lived for only my mission. I basically spent all of my time as this bird. I never would have lasted if I was a human. And once I completed my mission, I was, you know, I was fine with dying because a, prin- a world without Prince Lumiere meant nothing to me here. So I thought, and it cuts to Prince Lumiere, and he's like, oh, 500 years, really, Sekre, thank you for all you've done. Be my guest, be my guest. <laughs> He did the whole song and dance. Uh, he notes, I hope you'll find happiness with your companions in this new era like I have in a very platonic relationship with Clogsworth. <laughs> we are not gay. You've, you've got friends. And, Master Lumiere, if you've got the time to do this song and dance number, don't you have time for like, you know, to, can I like say something in response to you? No, no, no. <laughs> Starts to fade away immediately. <laughs> I am dead now. You could have gotten the end of the song, but you had to be a little nosy nosy. <laughs> um, so she's just like, oh, I didn't think I was ever going to find something that meant something to me, but she thinks about the Black Bull and she's like, or so I thought. And she's, she's just seen all of her friends get beat. We start seeing, like, Luck and Magma get, like, fucked up. And she's just like, no, these are my friends. Amnasio breaks into the room where they're doing the ritual. Like, Vanessa turns, immediately gets fucked up. She's just set flying, bleeding in all different directions. And she's like, it's your fault. You're why I stayed alive. I have companions. Why I was able to regain my heart. So come back, as she thinks of Asta. If you're not here... We can't even get started. And she cries out for Asta. 
And Onashi was like, this is truly the end. And then we turn the page, and it feels like there's something that should have happened between the two. But Asta puts his hand on Sekre's head, and he's like, thank you, guys. We're here. And Sekre is like, oh, it's like seeing Lumiere as he walks forward. Um, I think this is not, like, I know some people are annoyed. Like, this is a very typical thing to see. Like, young girl cries out for young male hero to come save them, and then they do. Mm-hmm. I just wish Asta had, like cool in this one like there could have been a moment like an attack like he shoots a fireball it's coming straight at her fucking throw a sword block the attack and then asta comes yeah. through something like just give me something dynamic instead of he yeah. walks through have his have his big entrance be like his demnatio is going like this is the end he's gonna swing his sword yeah have like asta's sword appear in front of sekra and block the attack and then he comes up and gives her the so, something like that. it just it just felt very uh one note here like i i truly just feel like i'm missing a page in between i've uh, this also just kind of feels like it rings a little hollow to me because it's a lot of tell don't show we have not gotten a whole lot of secre interacting with the black bulls since she became one yeah. uh and so it does feel like there isn't hasn't really been a lead up to this moment where she talks and thinks about like how important her friends are to her and how important Asta is to her. Uh, I know that technically as Nero, she's been around since the beginning. So, yes, she does have like memories of all these people and stuff. But we haven't gotten to see the way that she interacts with them outside of being a burb and pecking at people and stuff. Uh, so. I I, it, I feel like if we had gotten a little bit more focus on previous adventures of how her dynamic with them was, then this would mean a little bit more. Uh, even just the very, very, very background at this point note of, you know, like Gray and Gauche being struck down together and like they're being like their bodies kind of like being in time with each other. We've gotten to see enough of their character dynamic to this point to understand that there is like something big going on between them. And so there is like, you know, a sense of meaning behind them being struck down together. There's, you know, a sense of po- poetry and tragedy to that because we've gotten enough to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. With Sekri, it's just kind of like, Asta, I'm the one young girl present who has a connection to you. So I have to be the one to call out for you. And so it's just like, and she doesn't need you. So, so it's, it's a little bit disappointing in that sense. Uh, but I'm sure that if like you're really big into Black Clover, hey, you got to see the Black Bulls do their big time buying stand, and then Asta showed up, so you're probably hyped for it. Yep. All right, let's wrap it so, up, Nick. It's finally back. Oda has laser one, vision now. Uh, someone does. I mean, you know, One Piece chapter 1087 Battleship Bags featuring Ace on the cover. Hanging out with capybaras. <laughs> That's not my favorite. I do love it. Uh, all right. So uh, it's uh, we we start off in uh, with <laughs> for some reason <laughs> people visiting the ship graveyard near a naval base, and there is big dents in some ships because they're battleship bags rather than punching bags, and we get. Some info dumping about like, oh, yes, a much younger Vice Admiral Garp would do this. Would just come out here to the ship graveyard and punch ships. I think, and I'm, then... I think I'm supposed to know. This is like Strawberry or something like that. I think is his name. 
Yeah. It's just, it's not like a character I should know, and I'm just like, shit, I'm losing my touch. <laughs> There's only like 400 Marines. <laughs> How can I not remember them all? Yeah. So he says, like, yeah, so, uh, but there was also his apprentice, former Admiral Aokiji. The rule of battleship bags is that you can't use hockey or powers. The strength of those heroes wasn't gifted at birth. I mean, all right, no, nor was anyone who ate a devil fruit, but okay. I had to eat that devil fruit. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, on the pirate island full of lead, uh, San Juan has been has had his ass kicked and he has sunk to the bottom of the ocean. It's going to be a bad problem for him because who's going to get him yeah, out of there? Like, uh, uh-oh, the heaviest guy in the giant, super big dude just fell in the ocean. There's then a very amusing moment where I can't remember this guy's name, but he takes a big swig of beer and uses it to spit a fireball at Garp who Va- just holds Va- up two guys in the way. Vasco shot. Vasco shot, shoots a fireball at Garp and he just takes one step back and holds two guys in the way <laughs> Very casually. Uh, and then he starts chucking them at people. Too. Yeah, he's like, cool, I have a weapon now. Uh, one of the pirates bemoans that if Blackbeard comes back and sees the town wrecked, then he's going to kill all of them. Interesting priorities in this moment. Uh, and they're like, shit, Garp's crazy. How are we going to handle him? Uh, you're not. He's going to kick your asses. So. But. Oh, their salvation has come because who has made an alliance with Blackbeard but Aokiji, Garp's former apprentice, who can also punch ships. Mm-hmm. Yes, this power of his. Ha! <sighs> Shonen Jump has not been very helpful to me today on my recapping. Oh. Uh, please take over for a second, Quinn. Uh, yeah, so Aokiji shows up. He's like, hey, I can't let you leave. Uh, we find that there's like a small contingent of people like it's like Garp, Kobe, Halumpo, and I don't remember this guy's name, Doll or something like that. They're the people who are kind of stuck on the island. And uh, Garp basically just kind of speaks in death flags from now on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of this dialogue is. Exclusive. I'm getting too old for this and I'm on my way to retirement. <laughs> his, his dialogue is exclusively like everybody get out of here. Don't worry about me. Like, okay. Um, but he sees, like, a, there's, like, a woman in trouble, and Kobe's mm-hmm. like, oh, don't worry, I'll save you. Immediately, everyone's like, don't, this is a trap. It is a trap. Uh, and it, he was about to get stabbed straight through, but instead, uh, Garp steps, and instead gets impaled, and it's, it's Shinryu, who has been the Invisible Man. He's like, gotcha, I was invisible, and I stabbed you with my sword. Yep, that's exactly what he says, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Kobe's like, oh no, it's all my fault. And Garp's like, no, it wasn't. He was gonna, he was always coming after me. Um, and yeah, a bunch of the pirates are like, Garp's weakened. Even we might be able to take him out now. You dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, it's like, hey, you know, Garp's got uh, this huge, massive bounty on him. We'll get like three billion berries. And Emilio Kichi just says, get out of the way, you scrubs. <laughs> Uh, but he says, like, you still, you won't be able to kill Garp, even if both his arms and legs were trussed up. So he gets ready to punch, and he's got some ice thrown around his fist. Uh, and we get a uh, flashback to the first Battleship's Bags, uh, meeting, uh, where Aokiji wanted Garp to be his master, and Garp says, an apprentice, don't tread on my freedom. (laughs) 
Uh oh. <laughs> Teachings for losers. Yeah, he is a cop, so it makes sense. It's starting to make sense. Yep. Uh, and uh, oh, Kiji's like, well, no, I'm ready for the next level. So take me on as apprentice. And of course, Garp didn't want anything from him, but a he was presumably stubborn, so he was like, don't use hockey to punch this metal. And uh, Kiji's like, I can't even use hockey yet. Ow. Uh, <laughs> and they would just, you know, punch battleships and gradually wreck them more and more. And then eventually it got to a point where, you know, they got older. And then Garp said to Okichi, my grandson says he's going to be a pirate. I'm not standing for that. And Okichi it's, said, why do I care? <laughs> it is a very cool moment of, uh, like, they don't talk. Like, this is supposed to represent, like, kind of a massive passage of time. Yeah. And I do like the quiet, quiet. My fucking son's becoming a revolutionary. Huh? What? Quiet, quiet, quiet. <laughs> oh, my fucking grandson wants to be a pirate. What the fuck is up with this? Oh, this being an admiral sucks. Get us some tea. <laughs> Uh, and then, hey, we get a we get a cool moment then because Aokichi says, "You raised a formidable foe," and Garp says, "Consider yourself expelled, you dunce!" And then they just punch each other for full force in the face. So much so uh, it starts breaking the island up. Yeah, sends both of them flying. Uh, now people really think that Garp is done because, yeah, Aokichi got but knocked back too. But he's not surrounded by foes on top of that. And also uh, wasn't just stabbed with a huge sword. And I don't remember who does this, but it's the guy with the Isle Isle fruit. Uh, Pizarro. Pizarro, who says, allow me to demonstrate the power. <sighs> uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, he's he's uh, going on like, oh, everyone's talking about Blackbeard. We want to make a name for ourselves, too. Check it out. Uh, the I can see it now. The great Vice Admiral Garb leads a team of promising, please stop, in troops in an attempted rescue of the naval ca hero, Captain Kobe. But the dreaded powers of Avalo Pizarro, fourth <laughs> ship captain of the Blackbeard Pirates, bring them to a tragic end at Pirate Island. And uh, he goes, not for Garp. But for the ship that all the Marines are trying to get away on to crush it with a big earth uh, hand thing. Uh, and Kobe starts to uh, freak out. But Garp says, Kobe, don't panic. Justice will prevail. And that's our chapter. Yeah, uh, it's cool. I mean, it's uh, we jumped right back into something exciting. I uh, like everything that's going on as we're just we exist in this point where uh, Garp only speaks in like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I can't wait to retire tomorrow kind of thing. And you're like, all right, um, Kobe, there's something really important that I need to tell people. I'm going to tell you right after we get off this island. You're like, all right, <laughs> man, stop, stop. Uh, but it's good. You know, it's exciting, tense stuff. A lot of characters are interacting stuff's going on uh, i truly don't know half these marine characters i know yeah. some of them have just been introduced but mm. yeah uh yeah it's exciting uh and hey we kind of been thinking that garp was gonna die since you know i mean the moment indicated yeah, well, the that mo he was going to go after blackbeard so yeah. the moment he said he was doing that you're like oh this is this is some real risky business late this late in the story this is uh i'm, I'm gonna be dying soon territory right um, so that's that. 
Guys, this has been Weekly Manga Recap. Thank you for listening to us. It's time to name everyone's favorites for this week. Quinn, hit me up with that. Uh, yes. So my favorite is going to be, I think my favorite series, although I really, really, really want to give it to uh, Undead Unlock. I do think I have to give it to Akane Banashi because this is sort of like the long path for something we've been waiting for in this series for a long time like her kind of addressing a bit of her relationship with their dad and her particular relationship to that rock ago i do think i want to give it uh to akani banashi for that however i'm definitely giving my character of the week to fang this was like a great fang chapter we got to know a lot more about that guy which i really really enjoyed uh well this is going to be short uh same uh, on both counts, uh, yes, both uh, Undead and Luck and Akane Banashi felt like they were head and shoulders above the rest of the uh, manga this week. There were definitely some good chapters otherwise, but those two were really, really good. And uh, since the one with Fang was very much, well, since Undead and Luck was very much about Fang first and foremost, I feel comfortable doing that as well. Yeah. Uh, the audience, by the way, agreed with us. Akane Banashi is chapter of the week. And then they picked Garp from One Piece as their character of the week, which makes a lot of sense as well. All right. This is going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap this week, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We are on twitch.tv slash where we record the show live every Wednesday, starting somewhere between 7.30 and 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can follow us on social media and also join the Discord server if you want to know exactly when the show is going live. Discord server also has a wonderful community that yes. has uh, game nights, discussions about chapters as they come out, discussions of the series that we are currently recapping, which as of right now is Beauty and the Beast Girl. Uh, and also it's a place where you can find the Google Doc maintained by Ninja X3i, which keeps track of all sorts of statistics associated with the podcast. And also the place to check out what series we've taken as recommendations, what series we might take as recommendations and where you can make your own suggestions of that kind of thing. Uh, we also want to extend a special thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap, where you can get some fun bonus stuff, including a discussion about Mortal Kombat that we did recently. The lore of Mortal Kombat, which is much deeper than I expected going into it, but it's yeah. it's definitely that. There's more I could add it. They've just revealed some stuff about Mortal Kombat 1 that has been. Oh like, my ooh, goodness. Ooh. Uh, and... Uh, with, uh, so that's patreon.com slash weekly manga recap if you want to give us a little bit of something something to get some bonus content in return uh, we also want to thank Ninja XCI as I said before maintaining the Google Doc Milo Jack Stills and Winston L. Cheddar created the opening sequence of the video version of weekly manga recap check out all the video versions on youtube.com slash weekly manga recap you can also see thumbnails on some of those videos done for us by Steve Mann whose artwork you can check out everywhere online by searching for Steve Mann art boobs there be where he draw things so, and uh, I think that is going to do it uh, for, for that. Thank you all for joining us. Yeah, thank you, everybody. I hope you had a good time. We talked about a lot of things. And now we're going to talk about ta time off. Ta-ta. Like, goodbye. Ta-ta ta time off? What the? Yep. Is my, is, is my brain breaking right now? I, I, I'm confused all of a sudden. I don't. Nick, no, if I heard you right. What's my favorite manga we talked about this year? This year? Actually, wait, no, I think it was late last year. Don't. That's right. Don't, crossing don't, time. Don't. <laughs> time to talk about crossing all the stuff to do time. Bye. <laughs>